What is up? Happy Monday, my friends. Welcome in Sports Take. He's Tone. I'm Rob. Hope you guys are doing great. Tone, how are you, my man? How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was great, man. I feel good. I smell good. Took my vitamins this morning. Had a nice, healthy, balanced breakfast. Got my things sorted out. So everything is uh, everything is good for me, man. Had a great Thanks. weekend. How about you? Good, man. Yeah, it was good. It was, uh, you know, like, uh, what turned out to be an unbelievable Super Bowl last night. It, look, it looked slow. It started out as a dud. It did. It did. I was having visions of of the uh, Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, which was after the Eagles beat the Patriots the year before. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah. That was, um, that again, the game ended up being great. Um, Second half, overtime, everything pretty much was, you know, box office. But that first half, man, it was a low period. But I think both teams were kind of – feeling each other out both teams made some mistakes you know fumbles in the red zone things like that but we're going to you know we're going to talk about it because uh you know some storylines came out of it so again you know let's let's get this thing going that's for sure i mean uh, two lead stories of the day today are super bowl 58 and the chiefs winning their third with andy Reid and patrick mahomes and also the eagles giving permission this is an ian pelisar or ian rapaport uh broke this yesterday that the Eagles have given Hassan Reddick permission to seek a trade. So we're going to dive into to both of those things uh, heavy, heavy today. That's for sure. So, but let's start with the Super Bowl tone. Um, you know, this was a game yet again. The Chiefs dig themselves a hole. They were down 10 nothing in the game. They were down 10-3 at the half. And they wind up coming back here and and winning this thing uh, in overtime in, in dramatic fashion. So it's the third for Mahomes and Reed. They're the ninth team ever to repeat and it's their third title in five years. Pretty amazing when you think about it. Belichick and Brady have six, but you got a guy in Mahomes who's only 28. So he's got a lot of years left. And Andy confirmed last night he's not going anywhere. So this thing is going to get really interesting in the all-time talk. Why should he? He has no reason to go anywhere. Look, as long as his health is in order, yep. as long as his house is in order, he's going to be all right. Best believe that um, my man Patrick Mahomes the whole time I'm watching the game, I'm thinking to myself, we've seen this before. We've seen this story and we know wow. how it ends. We've lived it. We have lived <laughs> we've, it. Just we've lived it. it right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, Patrick Mahomes just continues to be surgical down the stretch. He didn't really have that many explosive plays. He was just surgical, like a like a scalpel, you know, just just sifting through. And um, man, the Niners, look, the first half. They were dominating the trenches. Yeah. 
Big I time. Mean, they were physically imposing their will on the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs couldn't run the ball. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was was running for his life. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was pretty much getting whatever he wanted. Uh, the Niners were just marching down the field at will. But that Chiefs defense that we talked about, I kept saying, look, they're going to step up whenever it matters most. And they just kept on standing tall in that red zone, uh, forcing a couple turnovers here and there. Um, you got to give credit where credit is due. The Chiefs won that Super Bowl because of their defense. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed. Well, all right, I'll, this run. So, Tone, they have gone through – it's pretty remarkable uh, when you look at this playoff run. They averaged through wild card, division, AFC championship, and Super Bowl, 15 points per game allowed. And they went against the first, third, fourth, and fifth, fifth best scoring offenses during that stretch. That's domination. Domination, 15 points per game against those teams. Not just any team, those teams. And credit to Kansas City for the way that they've drafted. I, I mean, uh, what you're seeing out of Trent McDuffie is special. Chris Jones is special. Steve Spagnola has won four championships now as a coordinator. Four. Mm. That cannot be overlooked. Yeah, when you think about that defense, right, you say to yourself, Damn, how great can they really be? But then when you ring off the stats that you just did, right? What, what was it? The first, the third, the fourth, and the fifth? First, third, fourth, fifth. First, third, fourth, and fifth. So that Chiefs defense held top five offenses, four top five offenses to 15 points or less. Well, an average of 15 points in the playoffs. They beat the Miami Dolphins, the greatest show on surf, so to speak. <laughs> they beat the Buffalo Bills, in their own Orchard Park, mm-hmm. beat the Ravens at M&T Bank when they were the hottest team in football. After and, and remind you, they blew off the Niners like by a long shot. Best record in football during the regular season too. Or beat the MVP in Lamar Jackson, and then they go to the Super Bowl and they beat the San Francisco 49ers. This is the Chiefs have the best defense in football until otherwise noted, until someone can prove otherwise. When you have that on your resume, how can we not call them the the number one defense, the best defense in football? Is it fair to say that this has probably been the toughest role to a Super Bowl in Patrick Mahomes in the in, you know in this Kansas City Chiefs dynasty? I think this may be the toughest role they've oh, ever faced. Yeah, hundred percent. They didn't have to go on the road like this. No, this has been the hardest road, 100%. Remind you, they don't really have that many weapons on offense. It's Travis Kelsey and Pacheco. uh, And then you have a bunch of guys. Rice is going to be something really solid, but uh, no, that's it. Yeah, but, you know, Rasheed Rice, he he didn't have a spectacular game. But overall, I, I guess my point is Patrick Mahomes, throughout the whole season, that offense was kind of hamstrung. Guys mm-hmm. dropping the ball. Um, they were just having a turbulent 2023-2024 campaign. Yeah. And they just continued to ride the wave, continued to make adjustments, continued to tweak, continued to keep their mind focused on the, on the bigger picture mm-hmm. and not getting too focused on the micro. And lo and behold, they're Super Bowl champions again, three yeah. times in five years. Yeah. That's dynasty status. It's this incredible. by far was the toughest run for Patrick Mahomes, and they got it done, man. Yeah, it was an amazing performance, and you just knew. You just knew 
a couple of times when the Niners only got a field goal on overtime, you knew Mahomes I knew. was going to come down and score a touchdown. It was over when that happened, right? Yep. And then, you know, you just knew at the end of regulation he was going to do what he had to do to set up Butker to, to, to tie the thing and to get it to overtime. And I know that there's a lot, as this always happens, we want to pick apart and destroy people. Shanahan's catching the brunt of it today uh, because of, you know, his decisions he made to take the ball in overtime. I don't think it's that egregious, but here's I, I don't know. I don't either. When, when you, when you look at it from the standpoint, I think there's two things off of this. One, I'd much rather know where I stand. In other words, if I kick it off to the chiefs, if I defer and kick it off to the chiefs and they get a touchdown, I know I got to get a touchdown. They get a field goal. I know. All right. Worst case field goal touchdown wins it for me. You, you kind of know what you have to do when you take it first. You're in that sort of blind territory where if you only kick a field goal like they did, it's like, uh, so that's a little piece of it. The other thing real quick on this that, that mm. has to come into play. Apparently Shanahan and the coaches knew this, but the, a lot of the players, including uh, Kyle uh, Usek and some others, uh, Eric Armstead said the same thing, said they didn't knew, know the new overtime rules. That's a bad look. And the chief said, we've been practicing this stuff since camp with postseason rules for real <clears throat> so that's not a good look you know he, he, here's my pushback a little bit right and this is not necessarily to you this is more so to the idea of because you're right i do see a lot of people saying well they should have deferred right yeah and here's my thing if you go down there and score what difference does it make if you go down there and do your job what difference does it make they were marching and that kansas city chiefs held them to a field goal it's just that simple. You know, we can talk about them knowing the rule and not knowing the rule. We can talk about the, the art of overtime in the playoffs. You know, we, we, we can get into the minutia of that. We can dissect it all we want. But the fact of the matter is it's very simple. The game is very simple. You get the ball, you score with the ball. If you don't put up seven, lo and behold, you're going to leave room for error. And guess what? The opponent, they went down there and did their job. So, look, I'm not going to give the Niners any kind of bail. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing. Um, but I'm not going to give the Niners any kind of leeway or any kind of out. The fact of the matter is you had that ball first. You drove. The Chiefs stopped you in the red zone. You were right there on the doorstep, and you couldn't get it done. It's very simple for me. I'm yeah. not even going to overcomplicate it with the overtime rules. You lost, and yeah. you couldn't get it done when it mattered most. Well, think about it. And a, and a play that, that speaks to that, right, a play that speaks to that is when you send Trent McDuffie. This is, this is where Spags is brilliant. OK, he knows exactly when to dial up certain things. And when you sent McDuffie on that play, it forces Purdy, you know, to throw it early or get, you know, get get hit as he throw whatever. And, and it's not a completion. He just times everything right, man. Calculated risk. And then there's the brilliance of Andy on that last play. They call it corn dog, whatever. The one that Mikael Hardman catches for the game winner mm -hmm. where you could just see the, the the safety or the corner just kind of bites on the motion in, in between Romo's, you know, absurd screaming and rambling. You know, he was trying to, to express that, but you see it and then he connects and Hardman's wide open. And it felt like last year with the Eagles on those two plays where they did, where they had guys wide open. I mean, at that point, you're just at the mercy of a brilliant quarterback and a brilliant coach. And you're right. Score a touchdown and, and, and worst case, all KC can do is tie you, and and we're going to a second overtime. You imagine exactly. we went to a second overtime in the Super Bowl? How crazy that would have been! Historic. It would have been historic. I would have been pissed off because I was trying to get some rest last night. Um, but regardless, though, 
Um, again, I think it was a great Super Bowl, especially the second half. Like, like we talked about, it started off slow. You know, you mentioned it, right? Spagnolo, his ability to just use Trent McDuffie all over the field, man. Those listen, they held. Let's make sure let's make sure we really talk about this, right? Because, you know, again, the narratives don't just start and end in this game. Some of these narratives started well before this game, right? You know, we all know guys like Debo Samuel uh talks a lot of trash, oh, man. Boy. Talks a lot of trash. And um, you know, that shit hurt, don't it? It's not the it, it, it don't it don't it don't it don't hit the same. It don't hit the same when you're on the receiver end of that, right? When you well, get you're hit still with taking that shots t- at the Eagles, it's like, dude, are you obsessed obsessed with the Eagles? Worry about what's in front of you. You got Kansas City in front of you. Listen to this, right? And I got to give a lot of credit to Christian McCaffrey, man. He was the offense. What did I say to you on? What did I say to you on Friday? I said Christian McCaffrey is going to touch that ball twenty five times or more, right? Yeah. He had thirty touches. Dead. Thirty touches. He was he the was, offense. He, he took some hellacious hits too. He just uh, he he's tough, man. He's sure tough. did. He had twenty two carries, eighty yards, average eighty yards points. receiving too. Yeah, and, 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 and eighty yards receiving. He had thirty touches. Yep. One hundred and sixty yards total. One touchdown. Right. And he had eight targets. He caught all his targets. Brandon Ayuk, six targets, three catches, 49 yards. He was a yards. non-factor. Um, Debo Samuel, 11 targets, three catches, 33 yards. Debo gets hurt a lot, too, by the way. Uh, he is George hurt Kittle. a lot. Kittle was yes. a non-factor. 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 He made the and one he- great play on fourth down. I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give Shanahan props, and I'll give him props. That was a really nice play to stretch that and get it. I, I'll give him that much. But other than that, it was very little. Yeah, you know, consolation prizes, you you, you well, pick them up. If there was any question which tight end is greater, let's put that to bed really quick. It's Kelsey, and it's not close with Kittle. Not Not even close. close. Not even close. So, again, right, when you just really dissect and look at the the box score, and if you watch the game, you look at that and say, yo, that Chiefs defense essentially shut them down. Christian McCaffrey, we talked about this. That game was going to be won on the back of Christian McCaffrey, and even he couldn't carry them to the finish line. Even he couldn't do it. Yeah, so you got to give credit to the Chiefs for um, taking the Niners' best punch and responding because you saw as that game was progressing, right? The Chiefs were figuring out what they were doing, and they stayed patient. I think that was the most fascinating thing about the Chiefs' offense through all the turbulence, through all the three and outs and the turnovers and, and you know and, th- and things of that nature. The reality is, Andy Reid and that offense stayed incredibly almost painfully patient throughout that game they stuck with the running game they didn't give up on it they ran the ball 30 times you know to the 49ers uh 31 times right uh patrick mahomes got it done in the running game making plays one of my favorite plays of that game i think it was the was it a fourth down conversion where uh patrick mahomes uh he broke right and uh converted yeah, and it was it was it was spectacular it was it was, was well drawn up see the hole that he had there you don't see in the NFL. It, it was, was it, it, it was amazing. It yep. was amazing. The, Andy Reid does did such a good job, um, just being creative, um, getting his quarterback involved in the running game, doing whatever it took because they it, it was a struggle to sustain drives. Yeah. So they had to kind of piecemeal it a little bit. But again, this is what champions do. They're built and bred for it. This is championship DNA at its finest. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, there was no surprises for them. They just rolled the wave, and lo and behold, they're champions again. You got to yeah. get credit. Well, credit is due, man. The Niners, uh, listen, you shot your low, you blew, listen, you blew your opportunity. And, and what did uh, what did Eminem say at 8 Mile? He said, you only get one shot 
do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> yep. You know what my comp is? Here's my comp. My comp, Kyle Shanahan, right now, is what Andy Reid was with the Eagles. Mm, He's a brilliant on, offensive on. mind who's not fully formed yet. Andy Reid left here, got better. Obviously, Mahomes plays a big part of this. Got better as a coach and has taken it to a different level. Shanahan isn't there yet. That's what he is to me. He's a, he's Eagles Andy Reid, and he, he's he got a shot if he keeps doing things the right way to potentially be better, but he's not there yet. He's a, he's a very smart guy, but there, it takes a little bit more than just smarts to, to be a head coach in the NFL. Isn't it fair to say that this was their arguably their best shot? I mean, look, obviously they got Purdy on the rookie deal still. Um you know, you know, they, uh, they have a they have a lot of talent that they're going to be back in the mix. Let's not get it twisted. The Niners are a good team. You know, I joke a lot, but the Niners are a very good team, and they're going to rem- and then they're going to remain in the mix. But sometimes you got to ask yourself: at what point? At what point do you just say, "Look, they 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 choke." They were the most dominant team in the NFC. Some felt like they were the most dominant team in the, in the NFL. They were the most talented team offensively and defensively in the NFC. The road only gets harder from here. The Detroit Lions are better, and they're here to stay. Mm -hmm. The Packers are trending up, right? Hopefully, the Eagles can figure out their turbulence, right? Because at the end of the day, the Eagles are a team that you still have to respect. Um, the, The league is getting better. The league is getting better, and the Niners, I just can't see, especially the Chiefs are going to continue to do what they're doing. I have a hard time seeing where they where they fit into this thing. Again, yep. they're going to, they're going to be in the mix. I don't understand how they're the favorites. They are. We'll more. get to that. They're the favorites for next year. I don't yeah, understand it. They're number I one. I quite honestly don't understand it. With Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that Chiefs team and that defense still lurking. I, I guess. The I, I would. Don't, my guess would be that it, it, first of all, we haven't seen a team repeat in twenty years. I, I mean, three peat. I, I think they're looking at it like it's got to be so hard to three peat. I, I would guess that factors in, but. You know, for, for all the reasons uh, that, that we yeah, see. Yeah, that's true. But overall, um, man, did you see Fletcher Cox's uh, post yeah. last night? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ended Fletcher it, Cox is, is one of one. In, in a very interesting way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved it, man. I loved it. But overall, I had a – it, it was fun uh, watching the Super Bowl, man. Uh, what, what did you do? Where were you when you were watching home. the game? Right? I, my son came home from school. We, we, we chilled, watched it, me, him, my wife. We, that was it. It was a party of three, man. It was a real small. Uh, we just sat there, watched. It was it was great. I mean, it was. Did you I order need... any food? Did you guys cook? Oh anything? yeah, yeah. We did. We did. We made our own nachos. We made pigs in a bucket. We did a lot of like apps. We did a whole app. Finger food. Finger food. Yeah. Word. Just, word. Just I like as that. the I game's like going, you know, you're throwing it down. Yeah. So that that we just went. How about you guys? What'd you do? Yeah. So we were supposed to go to the Super Bowl party, um, but things kind of got wonky. It got canceled. Um, an emergency, a fairly emergency. So it got canceled on their end. So me and the wife had to kind of get a little creative. So, um, you know, I cooked us some, uh, I cooked us some pan seared, uh, honey garlic salmon with some, uh, oh. you know, broccoli florets and, um, you know, some, you know, some white rice, you know, all that kind of stuff. A nice little glaze on that, on, on that salmon. It was, it was, it was, it was a pretty good evening, you know, like you, a small party, party of three. For us, part of you too, and uh, you know we enjoyed the game. It was pretty cool. That's good, man. That's good. I'm glad to hear. It. Yeah, it was fun. I look highly enjoy. I mean, you got a game that went to overtime in the Super Bowl. It, it, right, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get in. We we're gonna do everything on the commercials. We're gonna do everything on Usher. 
we're going to do everything on Taylor Swift, everything, blah, blah, blah. Like we got tons of stuff mm -hmm. that we're going to hit uh, a little bit later uh, regarding the game. But I don't want to – and we're going to get back to the Super Bowl in a minute. But I don't want to undersell the, the Reddick thing here. Um, so look at it from this perspective. The 11 sacks last year, yet you have to put it in perspective in this sense. First three games, he's playing with a, a, a club on his hand because he has a broken thumb. Mm -hmm. All right, so that, that presents its own challenges. He didn't get any sacks in that game. Then, over the next 10 games, he got 11 sacks. But then he was quiet to close out the year when they made the switch to Patricia. When he was asked to be, you know, to be dropped back in coverage, he was asked to do that, which is not his strength for sure. One of the things we hear about Fangio is, although I, you know, this kind of goes in counter to what Clint Hurt likes to do, but we hear that Fangio does will drop his defensive edge guys into coverage sometimes. So I don't know that that's not a little factor in this thing, but let, let's talk about the money. All right, so he signed a three-year, $45 million deal, $15 million a year. He's made two Pro Bowls with the Eagles. He's entering the last year. He's 29 now. And so you look at the, the way it goes financially. There's a post-June 1st trade that would open up $16 million in cap space for them. Now, Nick Bosa signed a five-year, $170 million deal. His cap hit is in the in 34-ish. There's 12 guys making at least 20 um, at the edge position, basically. Um, so now you, now you ask yourself, is Reddick in the class with those guys, with TJ Watt, with Miles Garrett, uh, you know, et cetera. The answer in my opinion is no, but tone, he's still a guy who for four straight years has been in double digits in sacks. That is a very hard thing to do and find. You're already talking about a defense, which we'll get into this in a minute. They dropped 27. In sacks, they went from 70 to 43. That's a massive, you know, drop off. I don't know, like, where you're getting the talent from. If he walks, you better really nail the draft free agency slash trades if you do that, because you don't have pass rushers now other than Sweat, who had an off year. Yes, you're right. Ultimately, you are taking a risk if you decide to trade him. That's, you know, that's the obvious part of it, right? Um, Eagles were not ranked highly in terms of sex. Uh, you trade Hassan Reddick, um, you better have a, a plan beyond that. Um, you know, that's the on the field, right? Again, a guy that talented, you know, being a, at, at the pass rushing position, you know, you, you, you're going to miss that if you decide to move on from it. Um, but here's the, here's the business side of it, though. Hassan Reddick entering the 2024 season will have a cap hit of 21.37 million. That's 8.74% of the Eagles cap. And by far, that's the largest cap hit on the team. The next the next closest cap hit is Lane Johnson at 16.1 million. So it's about a five million, a five point two million dollar difference between Hassan Reddick and Lane Johnson's cap hits. Um also Hassan Reddick has a base salary of four fourteen point two. Uh, one of the highest, I think actually the highest on the roster at 14.2 million by far. Yeah. Um, when you look at it from a base salary perspective, uh, at 14.25 million, the next closest person is Kevin Byard at 9.6 million. And he's obviously going to get cut because he has a dead cap of he's seven. Gone. He's going to get cut because he has a dead cap hit of um, $711,000. So he's going to be out of here. Um, 
But overall, look, Hassan Reddick has been tremendous over the past couple seasons, right? Double, um, four seasons back to back to back to back, double digit sacks. You know, you can't teach that, right? That's really, really hard to find. The only guy that's done that, I think you said it, Miles Garrett, right? So, look, they have to make moves. And when you think about what the Philadelphia Eagles have coming up, when you think about the roster as a whole, from top to bottom, offense and defense, they lack depth. They don't have it. They don't have receiver depth. They don't have running back depth. They don't have tight end depth. They lack skill on the defensive side. Um, uh, they 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 need to figure out their offensive line depth, and they lack talent on the defensive side. Like you said, they lack talent and skill. Yep. Um, so they have to figure out a way to fix, you know, to handle things on the books, but also they have to find a way to uh, give themselves give themselves enough bullets in the gun so they can reload on that defense. And if you can trade Hassan Reddick and package him in a way to, I don't know, bring back another uh, Pro Bowl level player, um, I've suggested that they get in contact with the Denver Broncos, pack, package Hassan Reddick with something, uh, maybe package Hassan Reddick with your first round pick and bring in um, Patrick Sertain. That was my suggestion because that because Patrick Sertain is still in the rookie deal. You bring Patrick Sertain in. Still in the rookie deal, you find a way to restructure and get rid of Bradbury. You go into the season with Darius Slay and Patrick, and Patrick Sertain as your starting corners. As Darius Slay starts to age out, you draft the corner in the follow-up draft in 2025. Now you have Patrick Sertain and a starting corner um, in the first round. So again, you got to again. This is all me just kind of spitballing here. Yeah, I, I don't but, think the Broncos would move Sertain. Why would you? I mean, as of right now, I look at it like this: the uh, the Denver Broncos are trying to recruit picks. Remember, they sent a lot of they sent a lot of assets to Seattle to bring over Russell Wilson, and all of a sudden, two years later, Russell Wilson is about to be out the door. So they need to recoup picks. Um, moving Patrick Sertain is a very quick a very quick way to do that. I just think when you have a young guy like that who still isn't costing you a ton, who's you know top three, I don't know. He, I, but I, I get I get your your school yeah. thought. And, I, right. and again, this is yeah. not saying they're going to do it. This is me. You know, I know. trying to like, spitball. you know, yeah, yeah spitball, you know, play around with the numbers, play around, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the hypotheticals, right? Sure. But the Eagles need a corner, right? You know, we were talking about them drafting one in the first round, right? Yes. So, I mean, the, the Denver Broncos are trying to recoup picks. Why not take advantage of that? Look, I don't know. Again, it may seem like a pipe dream. It may seem unfeasible. We've seen stranger things happen. Remember, A.J. Brown got traded on draft night to the Philadelphia Eagles. Nobody mm-hmm. thought that was coming. So everybody just just buckle up. Anything is possible when it comes to the NFL offseason. That's all I'm saying. No, I got you. I got you. Look, it's it, it the we knew changes were coming. We knew there were probably going to be extreme changes coming. And extreme changes are coming. Yeah. They, they really are. I mean, I think you know, Fletcher Cox could be gone. We're now talking about Hassan Reddick. Uh, we're gonna see a lot of turnover in that secondary. I think Bradbury's out of here, Bayard's out of mm-hmm. here. Like you could very well. We had a lot of turnover on last year's defense. There were what five or six new starters. Yeah. You could very well see the same thing this year. So yeah. I, I think we're headed down that road, man. Yeah. And nothing to keep in mind, Rob. We talked yeah. about this. That four-year window with the Jalen Hurts contract mm-hmm. is so crucial. Do they really have time to sit here and develop a, a young corner or bank on one? Really? Do they really have that luxury of time with the contract? I think the Eagles need proven products on defense because Howie hasn't shown an ability to be able to draft defensive talent unless it's on the defensive line. Yeah, but actually, let me let me scratch that. Unless it's a D tackle. Yeah, the the they've had a really tough time with you know think about it. Davion Taylor was a third round pick. 
He's no longer with the team. Total bust. The Kobe Dean, the jury's way out. Let's let, you know, you can't say you're not closing the, 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 the book on anything, but right now it doesn't look great. That was the third round pick. <clears throat> the the secondary has been perennially a, a a spot that they have struggled with with higher round picks. So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta start doing something here. And I just you know the if you don't want to blitz a lot, and that isn't what Fangio wants to do, then your front's got to win. Absolutely, you don't have Reddick here, and you know Brandon Graham is a, like a player coach next year if he's here. Fletcher Cox may not be here. I, who's getting after the quarterback? Nolan Smith. I hear you. I hear you. It's very, it's very shaky right now. But here's the thing. Let's keep in mind why they drafted Nolan. Yeah. They drafted Nolan because they knew Hassan Reddick was going to not be here beyond that contract. They knew that. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're they tried to foreshadow Hassan Reddick's exit by bringing in Nolan Smith. Now, this is where your draft picks had to live up to their reputation. You know, guys had to step up, you know. The point, like, you you draft guys because you're, you're always trying to get younger. You know, you're trying to always reload. You're always yeah. trying to keep some food in the cupboard, right? You know, more, and this is why it's so hard for the Philadelphia Eagles as of late because they haven't been hitting consistently on the defensive draft picks. They haven't been able to really accumulate some reliable depth. Um, they haven't really been able to accul- accumulate any pro bowlers on this side of the ball that they drafted. Um, so, again, although moving high side Reddick is not optimal, it may be a necessary evil when you think about it from a, when you think about it um, with the financial ramifications. Um, if you do sign up to an extension, when that contract starts, he'll be 31. So you'll be paying a 31 year old edge rusher north of $20 million. And do you really feel comfortable guy. doing that? He's not a power guy. So and he's a speed he's undersized and, and you better hope that doesn't go fast. Exactly. He's a speed guy relies on, relies on that ability to get around that corner. Yep. Um, He's limited. He can't drop back in coverage. He can't. He can't guard tight ends whatsoever. You know, un- unless he's rushing the passer, he has his own limitations, and that's just what it is. That's not me disparaging the player. That's just us using our eyes. Yeah, no, and, I, I, yeah. and um, I just think the Philadelphia Eagles have much larger fish to fry than paying Hassan Reddick north of twenty million dollars. Again, here's the thing that people got to realize: no matter if you like the player or not, no matter if you think the Eagles are making a mistake putting them on the trade block. The fact of the matter is he wants north of $20 million. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to pay him that? And look, it's not my money, but I'm looking at their money. And they don't have much of it to begin with. Well, here's the difference. You you now have Jalen's contract kicking in. Even though it's pretty reasonable, the yearly hit that you take, it's Mm -hmm. it's a hell of a lot more than it was. Yeah. And let's take it a step further, Rob. They got Devontae Smith coming up. Yeah. Landon Dickerson coming up. The the Jordan Maylotta re-up is coming up. They Sweat got Josh is entering the last year of his deal. Josh Sweat is entering the last year of his deal. Josh Sweat's market value right now is, is north of 20 million. Hassan Reddy's market value is uh just over 15 million, but he wants 20 plus million. Which by the way is what he's making now. He's making 15. Exactly. So is he prop is some people say he's underpaid. All right. I'm not going to debate that. The stats indicate he's been a consistent, a consistent contributor. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. But when you think about how much the Philadelphia Eagles have coming down the pipeline. With that Jalen Hurts contract and with pretty much being a four-year window, because those cap hits aren't going to be as friendly. You can't pay Hassan Reddick that money. You can't. You can't have a thirty-one-year-old edge rusher making twenty-five million dollars. He can't drop back at all. Yeah, it just it's it's just, it's 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 a uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I I just think uh, what you say makes sense, but man, do I worry about 
you know, what they're looking like on defense in terms of having playmakers. And I completely understand that. And I wouldn't even I wouldn't even argue that point. It, it, it's something that you're rolling the dice on. But this yeah. is why you this is why you draft guys. This is, the, the, this is why you develop guys. Right. The onus has to go on the players and the onus has to go on the coaches to develop these guys and get these guys ready. It happens. It's the business. Yeah. All right, let's circle back to the uh, to the Super Bowl when we come back. We'll we'll look at some of the really key plays, like turning point kind of moments, you know, the push seen and heard around the world with, with Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, some flukishly bad luck stuff, like the Trey Greenlaw torn a kill. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, that was crazy. So we'll hit all that stuff when we come back because there's a lot to dive into. This was a this turned out to be a wild one, that's for sure. Uh, that's tone. I'm Rob. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Family owned since 1985. Been going there since I was a kid. Uh, you got Alex and the crew in there each and every day, putting out the best, most fresh food daily. Uh, Bravo Pizza of Havertown offers 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go if you want to get in and out of there. They have specialized uh, pizza your way, however you want it, they'll make it. But if you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, and salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. Check them out uh, on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, PA. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Super Bowl Monday. Just push it a week forward. Push it a week forward, tie it into President's Day. Not that it helps us, but for all of uh, all the folks who go out and have fun, they'll at least uh, who have normal jobs, who are normal civilians, they'll have the next day off. How about that? How's that sound? I, I've always felt like we should all have the Monday off after our Super Bowl. I've always felt like that. You know, no one yeah. goes to work anyway. Well, we do, but yes, most normal. Of course, people. of course, the the essential personnel. <laughs> Correct. Um, all right, so let, let's go back to, to a couple things. It's the second Super Bowl ever to go to an overtime. The other one, you remember, uh, was the Falcons and the Patriots. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for that Falcons team. Remember that? The ultimate collapse. So that's one. Um, Mahomes joins Joe Montana and Tom Brady as the only quarterbacks with three Super Bowl titles and two regular season MVPs. He also garnered his third Super Bowl MVP last night. Mm. This cat is in very rarefied air right now, and he's not even 29 yet. Um, if he stays healthy, Tone, you know, I, if you're asking me right now, I still would put Brady as the GOAT, but if you're asking me to project when Patrick Mahomes' career is over, I think he will be the GOAT. It's, I think it's, he'll be the it's, GOAT. It's entirely plausible. Look, like you said, he's in rare air. Um, you, but you look at guys like Montana and Brady, you say, man, Mahomes. Like, yeah, Montana sledding. never lost the Super Bowl for what it's right. worth. I mean, right. Just, Montana yeah. never lost. Undefeated. Kind of like uh, kind of like Jordan. You know, right. never never lost an NBA Finals. Never been to a Game 7 in the Finals. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, you know the, that's a different level of dominance. But, you know, you can't deny what you're seeing from Patrick Mahomes. I mean – the eye test just tells you, and again, limited weapons on offense. You have an aging tight end in Travis Kelsey who caught a huge 20-yard catch um, to put them in the red zone uh, in that fourth quarter. I mean, when you look at Patrick Mahomes' game, the the creativity, the elusiveness, uh, the kill, the killer instinct, he's up there with some of the greatest guys. You know, the resume just has to continue to catch up to it. But as of right now, I, I, I'm willing to argue if Patrick Mahomes retired today, he goes, he'll be a first battle Hall of Famer. Oh, 
without a, I mean, without a doubt, without a doubt, anybody who doesn't vote for him should lose their vote. Yes, exactly. without a doubt. With he could walk, he could walk at twenty eight, and he's in. He's in right now, without question. He's in. You, look, you have the perfect marriage of of a quarterback who is at the the elite of elite level. You have a coach who's just gotten better with time, who knows how to get the most out of them. I mean, Kelsey had one catch in the first half. One catch, and look at how he finished. Andy just figures, I was just saying to my son, I'm like, look, the Niners are dominating the line of scrimmage right now. Andy will figure this out. He'll make adjustments. He'll get he'll get Mahomes going. Mm-hmm. You know, Mahomes had that, that rare pick early. That's not like him. You knew he was going to start coming around and getting his act together, and he did. Uh, look, man, it, it, it's unbelievable. I, look, two, I, to me, two things really stand out. One, McCaffrey's fumble early is a big one. They're they're at least getting three there. Yeah, I know it was the first drive, and a lot happened after that. But that's that's a big fumble. Of course, the Every huge position one, matters. Yeah, the huge one is the fumble punt or the the, the punt that went off the guy's leg. Yeah, you know, and and, and Ray Ray McLeod's just you know trying to to make a play to scoop it up. They fumble, and then. Casey did exactly what you should do. They go right up top after that. And that was the Valdez Scantling touchdown that shifted. That was the shift, man. That's the one like you mark it like, all right, jot it down. You know, when that went down, that was so strategic. You, you, you said it right. They fumble, take advantage of the dysfunction on the sideline, go right at them in the end zone. Lo and behold, receivers wide open. You know, this game really was built on opportunities, and whoever took advantage of, of their opportunities the most won that game. There were so many times where we said to ourselves, Niners, you better score here. You better score here. They didn't. They allowed the Chiefs to hang around. This is – see, the Chiefs aren't the kind of team that you that you want to hey, play around with that 10-point, 7-point lead. You don't want to play around with that, okay? You want to you smother them with points because they're going to keep coming but you, what you have to do is you have to create enough distance where no matter how hard they try, they will never catch you. That's 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 how you beat the Chiefs. You can't think you're going to go blow for blow with them or 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 think you're going to win a 12-round bout. No. You have to create so much distance to the point where you knock them out and you don't even make, they can't even make it 12 rounds. That's how you beat them. Yeah, because you think about halftime. It was 10 to 3 and the Niners had thoroughly outplayed them. Yes. Like yes. everyone, Early. every sign points to, dude, you're letting them hang around. And Rob, this is what they live for. Rob, I was talking to my wife, right? And uh, she was like, man, the Niners are kind of just running all over the place. I said, listen, the first quarter had just ended, by the way. I mm-hmm. said, look, the score is still 0-0. As far as I'm concerned, the, Kansas, the Chiefs are on schedule. Mm-hmm. They're on schedule. This this the way it was playing out in the first half. Again, Niners were dominating the line of scrimmage and ripping up, ripping and running up and down the field. But after that first quarter and the score was still 0-0, I said, "Look, baby, the Chiefs are right on schedule. This is exactly what they want." As of right now, the 49ers, they're the one that's panicking. They're not putting the points on the board. They're moving the ball up and down and they're still not putting points on the board. That's demoralizing. That's going to affect them later on in this game. And then you go into halftime like you said 10-3. That's all. The Chiefs are on schedule. You know what I mean? Now, if the Niners would have went into halftime up 21-3 or something like that, I'd have been like, okay, all right, now we're cooking. But you can't let a team like that that's led by a coach like that and a quarterback like that and a defense like that, you can't let them hang around. Yeah. You, 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 you got to be smoking dope. Yep. It, 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 it's just not 
it, it makes no sense. I give so again, I said this earlier. That Chiefs defense won that game. They kept they they held on long enough for that Chiefs offense to figure out how they were going to approach this thing because they were leaking oil. And I thought the Niners were going to drive down the field to win that game. I really yeah. did. Yeah, I, I it, it was um there were a lot of different moments there. All right, so um and one, this is just awful luck. So Trey Greenlaw is about to change a possession. There's a punt. The Niners at 926 left in the second quarter. Their defensive players are on the sideline. They start to run out onto the field, and he goes down like he was, you know, like, like a sniper shot in his calf, right? And you're like, we've seen this movie before, the non-contact. It's bad. It ain't it ain't good. And you knew right away. And and that just stinks because that dude is a monster. So losing him, and that's I'm not saying that's why the Niners lost. No, but but, it, but losing him loss. hurts. Yeah, it's a big loss. Yep. So he losing that that was a big one. The yeah. other thing that, that has really caught a lot of uh you know attention is the Kelsey Reed bump in the second quarter. Um yeah, I wasn't feeling that. I had a problem with that. I had a real big problem with that when that happened. Yeah, I thought it was way out of line. And here, here's what happens, in my opinion. Two, th- two things are at play. One, because the Chiefs won, it will be brushed under the, of course, of course. the rug. And two, because Kelsey's great. Had this been Kadarius Tony, some you know, special team or whatever, you know what I'm talking AJ, about. AJ Brown said it. If that yeah. was me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen, man, we, 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 we ain't got to shit coded. If that was A.J. Brown, we all know how that thing would end it up. But here's the other part. There's a big difference between being passionate and, and like, I get, like, getting pretty – like, give me the ball. Like, I get that. I Okay, fine. I, you want to get out there. You want to contribute. You know you haven't been doing much. I'm okay with that. You cannot push, like, literally bump into a 65-year-old man and nearly knock him over, which if you watch it, Yo, he did. Reed literally, yeah, he's, he had to catch yeah. himself. And and Andy's a big boy, okay? So that was a pretty hard knock that he put into him. It, it was yeah. out of line, man. And I don't, I get Andy handled it, you know, took it like, you know, a, a champ or whatever. But Kelsey owes him, and I hope he did it behind the scenes, a big time apology. That was out of line. Yeah, his, I didn't hear everything, but I think if I'm not mistaken, one of his responses to that was, you know, I'll let the mic'd up, you know, speak, for, you know, you know, speak for my actions, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, who cares what you said? Yeah. What did it look like? It's your action. I don't care what you, you like, said. The, the fact that matter, like, well, no one's debating about what you said. It's about what you did. Yeah. You put your hands on that man. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not a good look. I'm sorry, Rob. I don't mean no harm. I mean, it's what I don't mean no harm, man. If if that was a player that looked like me, we'll we'll have a different conversation. Maybe it'd, it'd be a different conversation. Well, I, I, fir- I firmly believe that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Especially, here, here's the thing, too. I think about this also, and I guess I always relate everything back to the Eagles. Maybe I shouldn't do that. But um, I'm trying to think, like, how would Sirianni have reacted? Mm, a younger guy, right? Like, interesting. are they having to be separated? Like, is it on if, if somebody bumps him like that? That's a good you know, question. If Dallas man. Goddard comes over and knocks into him like that. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, no. And that's I, I'm not I'm not even bringing the race thing in. I'm just like that's a, a different guy who's feisty and fiery like Sirianni. You might have fireworks on the sideline, man. Yeah, that that's just something that you just don't do. 
Yeah. You don't put your hands on your, you, you don't bump your own head coach. What are no. we doing? What yeah. are we, and, and there's with all, they're so fortunate they won that game. Yeah. It's because a, if they don't a, win that it's game, a, it's a footnote. It's a little, it, little footnote when you win, uh-huh. man. It's if like they, anything if they, else. You're, if they lose that game, the deodorant, you, you got your deodorant out, you're, you're throwing your stick on you, and, and everything's, you know. That's the perfect doors. example of winning cures all. Exactly right. That's the perfect example yeah. of winning cures all. Because when that happened, Twitter was in a frenzy. Yeah. Twitter was like, wait, what? Who does that? And I mean, I'm seeing people on both sides of the situation saying, nah, you don't do that. I didn't see not one person justify his actions. Adeline. Not one person. And I was and and I and I, I want to give a lot of credit to the masses. I want to give a lot of credit to the people for having eyes and understanding that if that was AJ Brown, that thing would have looked that if or Tyreek Hill, you know, um, that would have that that would have ended up being perceived a lot differently. For sure. For sure. There's no question. So there's you know, that is is part of the whole – it's a – like I said, it's a footnote compared to what it would be as a lead maybe or or something like that had it gone the other way for sure. Right. So there's there's several moments in the game like that. that I, I can't – like I, I'm going to give props to Spags again. Yeah. You know, I know he's probably at a point in his life where maybe he doesn't want the aggravation. He just likes being a decor. Cool. That's great. If this guy still does want to be a coach, how does no one talk to him? Like I, four Super Bowls you. as a D coordinator, man. Uh, you know, I hear so. you. But anyway. but let me ask you: Would you jump ship? No, <laughs> I'm I'm riding that wave. No, because <laughs> here's the thing: I know, and I know he's 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 very highly paid. He he Andy loves him. Andy's not going to mess with him. He runs that side of the ball. He does his thing, and he's got talent. Mm, I really believe, a, like a, last a young year, group at that. Yeah, like he had to overcome a lot of young guys. McDuffie wasn't what he is now. Sneed wasn't what he is now last year. You know, Karlofta, some of their, I'm talking about their younger players. They weren't mm-hmm. what they are now. And 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 Spagnola, they've all developed, man, and they're ready. They are ready. And that that's why I say Kansas City, other than Kelsey, who's, you know, getting older now, Chris Jones, who's a free agent, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. They're in pretty good shape here. Absolutely. You know, age wise. Yep. Those those guys at the skill position are all pretty young. Um the running back is young. The quarterback is literally in his prime. The defense is super young. Um, on the line and the linebackers and the DBs. Like, like, do they have the best secondary of the NFL? I mean, I, I was seeing Trent McDuffie oh. what everything, Dude. like his ability to play so close to contact with Debo. And not commit the penalty. I like the fact that the that you didn't really see too many pass interferences. You let them play. They did let them play. They did. And I appreciate that. That's a that's a good thing. We did not notice those guys. That's I appreciate right. that. You know yep. because I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure the NFL said, look, y'all decided the last one. Y'all yes. y'all ain't messing. Y'all ain't messing with this one. Yeah. So um, both I think and both the field sides, was good. I, I'm happy. And, that, and that the field was, was good outside of the Drake Greenlaw. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. Outside of the Drake Greenlaw injury, the 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 turf was pretty was, was pretty solid. Um, man. Well, I'll say this just back to your point with McDuffie. Yeah. I don't know that anybody tracks a deep pass better than him. That one that he bats out in the end zone, yeah, you can't was, play it better than that. That was beautiful. And that, he made like two or three of those. They weren't all deep shots, but he made two or three of those kind of plays throughout the course of the game. He's awesome, man. He that guy is awesome. Debo Sammy really was a awesome. non-factor because of him. He was a non-factor. Totally. Think about it. All right. So Kittle, nothing. Ayuk, very little. Debo, very little. 
you know, really it was Jawan Jennings. Uh-huh. I mean, you had to get one of your touchdowns and credit to, you know, they executed it, but with, with a, with a gadget play, uh, you know, and McCaffrey had a pretty decent receiving game, but, but for the most part, man, they mm-hmm. shut down the weapons. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a good point. The fact that what it took for the Niners to put up touchdowns, like they, they had to really get ultra creative. They had to rely on, on a gadget play to put up their first touchdown. Um, Another thing, those Chiefs linebackers, they're they don't get enough credit at all. Macro gay. Yeah. They don't get enough credit at all. I mean, yep. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil. Tranquil uh, was a great offseason addition. Huge off huge off What are the addition. Chargers doing letting that guy walk? I don't know, man. I have no idea. But one thing I will say, those linebackers did a head of a hell of a job defending um Kyle Juznik. And um, Travis Kelsey. Now, obviously, Juznik and Kelsey, I mean, Juznik and Kittle, excuse me, Mm -hmm. had their moments where they had those huge conversions on third and fourth down, right? But other than that, other than that, they were, they were non-factors. That's real linebacker play. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles linebackers should aspire to be, to be able to defend a guy like George Kittle like that and give credit to the safeties as well. Got to give credit to the safeties, uh, Justin Reed, Mike Edwards. Everybody came out there and did their job, and they did not panic. I think that was the biggest thing. There were moments where the Chiefs defense did lose some discipline. They lost discipline a little bit, but then they reeled it back in. They had their sideline conversations, and, guy, and guys locked in and did their jobs. And yeah. that, and I, I, can't, I can't get over how dominant that defense was in that game. I, it, it, it was so beautiful to watch. All right, I know it's tough to see it that when we do this, all right, but I'm going to – honestly, I'm going to give you an answer. My buddy and I are texting during the game, right? Right. Uh, and he said er, – er, this is the early part of the game. Man, lots of bad football, guys trying to do too much, defense uh, – good defensive plays at times, though. And I said, yeah, both teams need to settle in. Also, amazing what good linebacker play looks like. Like, you know, so you're watching that last night, yeah. and I know Greenlaw went down, but you have Greenlaw – uh, you have, um, uh, oh, my drawing, Fred Warner. Warner. You have on the other side of the ball the guys we just talked about. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not a coincidence. Even the teams that, that got knocked out last week, the, the, the Ravens, or two weeks ago, the Ravens linebacking core. Like, mm-hmm. I hope, and I don't, man, I don't know. I hope that that registers with these guys that you've got to up the ante here. You can't say, "Hey, we're going next year with Zach Cunningham and hope that Nicobe Dean's good." Okay, no, no, it's not acceptable at all, at all. It's you, you said you said it perfectly. It's, it's unacceptable. Um, I would hope that this Super Bowl, the way it played out, the the, the, the level that both defenses were actually playing at. Let's get. I'll, I'll get credit to the Niners defense. They were wreaking havoc at the point of attack. Javon Hargrave. Eric Armstead, those guys were was really good. Hargrave was on Woo. fire yesterday. I'm gonna give credit, man. He yeah, was he on, showed up. He time. was on fire yesterday. He lived in the backfield. Yep. Um, there were so many instances. That's why the Super Bowl was so impressive for the Chiefs. There were so many instances where they were behind the sticks. Second and 15, third and 15, uh Mahomes third, had no third and eleven. Time. Mahomes yeah. had no time. Like Mahomes quite literally had to be a magician out there. Yeah, and it just seemed like no matter what the Niners' defense did, he just kept pushing forward. So many times in that game, the the, the Niners had them behind the sticks. Whether it was due to a penalty, whether it was due to their defense just wreaking havoc at the point of attack in the line of scrimmage. But that, but that man, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, 
you know how hard it is to stay disciplined like that? They could have they could have literally like panicked and start throwing the ball all over the place. Never. There's never any of that with them. They didn't panic not one bit. They stayed poised. They kept relying on the running game. Let this be a, a message to every NFL team, right? Just because you're down doesn't mean you got to get trigger happy with the passing plays. Stay disciplined. Stick to your keys. The game is going to come to you. Just keep mm-hmm. playing defense and stay disciplined. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's um let's circle back to the uh to the Eagles when we come back. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out what the defensive line looked like last year mm-hmm. in terms of you know sacks, but I also want to look at you know what what this development potentially with Reddick can look like for them and how the draft priority may change. So let, let's dive into both of those things. Uh, when we come back, we will certainly do uh, you know more on the Super Bowl. Like I said, we'll hit some of the fun parts of it too. Get everybody's impressions of the commercials and halftime. I'll give you a little tease on the commercial. Only three really stood out to me. That's it. Mm. Only three. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll throw those around. Um, some other Eagles, some other NFL stuff. Uh, Phillies pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. Flyers three and zero out of the All Star break. Sixers are going to get Kyle Lowry. It'll be official tomorrow. A lot to dive into. We'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone and Rob, we're Sports Take. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust can be a scary proposition, and I am right there in the front of that line. But I can tell you from personal experience, like I do with everything I talk to you about, Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are people that I trust implicitly, okay? Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, You might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can assist you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Tone, Rob, hanging with you on this Monday and walking you through the Super Bowl and everything that went down, all the big plays, questionable decisions, everything that went down. Do you think about it, Tone? <clears throat> I don't think either of us like either team. Uh, you know, one beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl and the other, you know, uh, beat the Eagles handily in the regular season, a game that really kind of, you know, flipped their 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 season on its ear. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're just a football fan for the very last game of the season, you got a highly entertaining game. You got a game that went to overtime, you know, all kinds of memorable moments that we've, you know, we already talked about throughout the first hour of the program. I mean, you got what you wanted. You got what you wanted as a fan. That's why the, it's why the league is so great, man. It it even gave you overtime. You know what I mean? Uh, And and of course, you know, the NFL, the moment that overtime went down, they were like, Yes, just keep on raking it in. Oh, just God, keep on raking me, it in, man. man. No, you know what they? Oh. You know what they? I, I could tell you this as a four, and you're a producer as well. But as a TV producer back in my in another life, two things happened. One, it, it became a compelling game with big plays. Two, yes. Travis Kelsey started getting involved, which gave them a license to cut away to Taylor, which mm-hmm. they love. It didn't it could stop. Not it, have it is, out better. It, it, but it didn't stop them anyway. They were still giving her cutaways regardless. I know, but they but they were <laughs> then it was it was ape shit after he had right, to right, yeah. going. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, it hey, was, listen, you were seeing her anyway, mind you. Real quick though, one thing I will say though, Blake Lively, still very strong. Uh yes. Still I caught strong. that as soon as they walked in. They they gave you the entrance shot when they yep. were in the tunnel or whatever, they wherever they were when they first got out of their limo, I'm sure. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Three uh, yeah. listen. Three kids later, still uh-huh. very strong. Yeah, congrats <laughs> to Ryan Reynolds. Uh, uh-huh. Congrats, congrats to Deadpool. Yeah, and um, I will give I will give Ice Spice props. She knows where to where to where to sit. She's in every shot. She is right uh-huh. there, man. Uh, you know, yep. uh, Ice Spice very Ice Spice very strong as well. Very strong. <laughs> um. Anyway, but yes, I, I concur. So uh, anyway, it was we got. Ultimately, as a fan of the game, I want what I had last night. I had drama. I was invested mm-hmm. until the very end. I was into it, you know, the whole thing. So it was it was good. It was good. All right. Um, back to the other thing. So it's kind of a dual lead here. The Super Bowl, obviously, but from an Eagle standpoint, Ian Rappaport drops this little little nugget, uh, you know, a couple hours before the game yesterday that uh, the Eagles had given Hassan Reddick permission to seek a trade. So. All right, let, let's look at it, Tom. 
I mentioned this, 12 edge rushers are averaging 20 million per season. Bosa's the the outlier. He he's making 34. Keep in mind, Bosa's quarterback is making under a million dollars a year. So that allows you to do a little bit of that, right? So uh, the Eagles last year had 43 sacks coming off a 70-sack performance the previous season. They fell way off. Across the board, everybody's numbers were down. They lost Hargrave, which affected things. But Sweat had six and a half. He had 11 the year before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nolan Smith, who was a first-round pick, won. He got one more than you and I last year. Jordan Davis, two and a half. We know what happened there towards the end of the year. Disappearing act. Uh, Marlon Tui Pelotu. Look, this guy's a backup. He got you two. I'm not expecting huge numbers out of the guy, but whatever. Right, right. Uh, BG had three. BG had 11 the year before. Okay. Jalen Carter, six at defensive tackle is a good year. Very, Very good year. And he still got cold at the end. And he got cold at the end. So, I mean, that's your basically your sack production. I'm not counting Nicholas Mora, who got three in one game or any of that. These are your guys who are going to have to show up next year and be huge because if you lose Hassan Reddick, you're losing a guy who got 11 this year for you, who got 16 for you the year before. So, yeah. you know, that's therein lies a big issue because that's the, that's you have major issues behind those guys right now. It's a, it's a tough sell to the fan base. Do not do, do not get me wrong. It's a tough sell. Um, I know a lot of people who are very much against it. Um, I can understand why they feel that way. Right. But let's keep in mind, you guys, this isn't about feelings. This is about facts. And the fact of the matter is, Hassan Reddick, double-digit sacks, back-to-back, back-to-back seasons. Um, he wants north. Of, he wants north of twenty million dollars. That's you know that's what he feel like. That's what he believes he's worth. And I'm not going to ever debate with a man what he believes he's worth. Um, but I will debate what I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are willing to pay. And I don't think they're willing to pay Hassan Reddick um, north of twenty million dollars, especially when the contract is going to kick in when he's at age thirty one. So when you factor all that stuff in, knowing what other needs the Philadelphia Eagles have. On defense, and then you couple that with the massive cap hit that Hassan Reddick has on the Philadelphia Eagles salary cap, and that if he's not put, if he's not rushing the passer, he's kind of just out there. You know what I mean? And again, I love Hassan Reddick, but also he he he's limited. He can't drop back. You know, there's going to be situations where he may have to. Um, that's just that's the nature of the business. All edge, all edge rushers don't just rush. Some of them got to drop back. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm I can't get mad at the Philadelphia Eagles for giving giving Hassan Reddick the, even the courtesy. Look, they're, they're trying to show him respect. They say, "Listen, we understand what you think your worth is. We respect that. Yeah, Th- this is what we'll do. We'll let you go out there and seek a trade because as of right now, we don't feel comfortable giving you that number that you think you're worth. Right. We'll let you go out there, seek a trade. Where, where if you find a trade that makes sense and we can make it happen." We'll make it happen. If you could find, if you, in other words, they're, they're, in so many words, they're calling his bluff, Rob. Yeah. Either you're going to go out there and find someone to pay you $20 million, or you're going to settle for what we want to pay you. And as of right now, his market value, and look, spot rack is not the law, it's not the Bible, but it's a point of reference. Spot rack has his estimated um, AAV, which is uh, his annual average salary, at five, at $15.8 million. He's, make, he's averaging $15 million now. So why 
Let me let me let me ask the people this. Let me ask you this, right? Why does Spot Rack, a place that's pretty reputable, why do they have his estimated market value at 15.8 million where he's already making 15 million? Why do you think his his why do you think his value hasn't changed or moved? Why do you think that? Uh, undersized, age creeping up, very dependent on his wheels. Uh it isn't isn't as, as big as some of these other dudes that we see who dominate. Uh and what if that if you lose even a step or a half a step, it's enormous it, it, with the way that he has to play. That's why. I mean, simply put, that that in my opinion, that's why. I mean, just put in perspective, Hassan, or Josh Sweat is three years younger than him. He's twenty six. Three years younger, bigger, a more a, a bigger, a more prototypical edge rusher body, long arms, tall, plays the run better, plays the edge. There are moments where Josh Sweat can lose containment. There are moments, yeah. and Hassan Reddick had moments throughout this season where he played the run very well. He had moments, but overall, um, that second half of the season, that Philadelphia Eagles defensive line was giving up north of 150 yards rushing. Yeah, he's a part. He's a part of that, right? So no, he is. Um, the Eagles, well, it, it, they're again. When you look at the people who are getting their money, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, Joey Bosa. And look, I'm not even, I, I don't even think Joey, I, I think Joey Bosa is a little overrated. Personally. Joey Bosa's way overrated. I he think, doesn't stay on the field. There's I no comparison jo- between Nick and Joey. Nick's a yeah, ex- thousand exactly. times better than Joey. Yeah, I think Joey is overrated. He had um, 10 pressures overpaid. last night on Mahomes. 10. It's <laughs> a lot, man. That, that, that is a lot. That is a lot. As a matter of fact, we talked about it. He's getting paid. Thirty-four million a year it's annual, unbelievable. annual average. That's Look at six, that. that's six million Hargrave more than TJ Twenty, what are they even? Twenty-six or whatever. I don't know how they're. Hargrave, I mean, I know how they're doing it because Purdy isn't making any money. But damn. right. Um. So Javon Hargrave is making twenty-one million. Twenty-one million right now. As of right now, Nick Bosa is making more than Aaron Donald. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. like again, yeah. I, I I I just look at these guys. They look Montez Sweat. He got paid that money based off potential. And again, the size, right? In Chicago, they had to throw that money at him. They couldn't afford to lose him. When they traded for him, they, when they traded for him, they knew they was paying him. Miles Garrett, 25 million. Um, defensive player of the year. You think Hassan Rick is on that level? No. No, no he's not. He's, not. he's, he's not. not. Like I like I said, my my bigger uh my big picture worry is I just I don't like this defense a little bit. I, yeah. I don't at all. And I wonder now, you know, some of this will be framed in, by how they go about things in free agency and or if they make a trade. Oh, let, me, let me circle back real quick. One more thing with Reddick. Just because he is playing the field a little bit doesn't mean he's leaving. You know, exactly. We, he's we, still we, one of the contract, you guys. Yeah. Let's make that clear, too. He's still yeah. on the contract. So, I mean, we had we all thought Slay was out of here and then they restructured him and they figured it out. So he, they could either come to an agreement or, you know, whatever, or he doesn't get what he thinks he's going to get on the market and he plays mm-hmm. in a one-year deal. I wouldn't be surprised if Howie, let's say Reddit goes out there, finds, you know, test the market or whatever, and let's say he doesn't really come back with what he necessarily would want. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, Howie restructures, probably throw some more money at him up front and call it a day. And everybody's happy and you got everybody's happy. Bring, bring, bring down that base salary and then throw and, and then give him the money up front. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at all. What I'm going to be really interested in um, also is now, and again, with all the, the 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 backdrop of free agency and trades, but do you just sit there and, you know, go into the draft on the defensive side with an approach of best player available? Mm. We need an edge. We get an edge. Uh, we need a, we need a corner. We'll get a corner. We need, you know, that's linebacker. 
but I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he looks, I don't know. I, I think it could change the, the, the way they do business here uh, draft wise for sure. Without, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I think obviously I would love for them to go corner in the first round. Um, but I think at this rate, they need to go best available. Yeah. They need talent on defense. They don't, they, they don't, they don't just need a position. They need talent. So whoever's there, Whoever's been, whoever's the most highly touted, whoever you've scouted and you feel the most comfortable with, you go best available at that position. Um, you're going to be at what pick 21, pick 22, I believe they are. Yeah, something like when, that. When you get in, when you get in that territory, you run the risk of potentially drafting somebody who probably should have got drafted in the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you run the risk of really messing up value there. So, um, they can't afford any any breaks there. They can't afford any mess ups. They, the Eagles have to hit this draft. Um, they had they had to find a way to supplement the roster free agency, but again, they drafted Nolan Smith to replace Hassan Reddick, right? That was I be, we all believe and we all know that was a long term solution. At some point, these guys got to live up to the expectation. Jordan Davis, same thing. At some point, these guys got to live up to the expectation. We can't just keep we can't just keep guys on the bench or in the hyperbolic time chamber that you drafted in the first round. We can't we you know we, we, we can't do that. Guys have to earn their keep. You know you draft these guys so you can transition away from guys like Hassan Reddick. This yeah. this is what has to be done. Nolan Smith has to has to step up, and also he's a guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's a guy that's relatively undersized, right? Oh, he is. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, it's one of so the reasons a, why he fell to where he fell. Well, th- that's the other part, Tone. You better really be right if you think last year was just a learning curve for him. If you know, if, if you just look at it and say, "Hey, he was a first year guy," a lot of guys don't perform at a high level in their first year. He was he was behind Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat he can really play like he's, he's going to really step up here. You better be right. If he goes out there and he's mediocre to bad and you let, if you trade it, walk uh Reddick away, man, there could be hell to pay on that one. Yeah. Yeah. The fans are definitely not going to roll with that. Um, I told you um, a while back that I'm kind of ready to roll the dice on a youth movement on defense. I mean, the defense is already pretty young. When you think about the D line, right? Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Milton Williams, Josh Sweat, they're all pretty young. Um, but other than that, when you when you when you move beyond them, you know, Slay getting older, Bradbury old, um, Kevin Byard old, Reed Blinks a young guy, but not the most athleticism. Um, Zach Cunningham, he's he's kind of long and well, he 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 has a, a, a plethora of injuries in his history. So they got to get younger. They got to get faster, more athletic, um, more physical, more you physical, more, more playmakers. Yeah, yeah. They they have, they have a lot that they need to work on. Nick on Fangio's that, got on a that, job on, that, deep, on that defense. So it's just like when you, when you know that, do you feel comfortable with the Eagles giving Hassan Reddick twenty five million dollars, knowing yeah, that, know. and also all those contracts coming down the pipeline? I, right. Exactly. I got, look, I, I, if you're asking me right now, let, let's just, let's both do this, put a percentage on it. Whether it's on Reddick's back or not, I'd put it at 65. He's gone to 35. He comes back. Mm, yeah. I was going to say 60, 40. So um, 60, um, uh, 60% he's gone. 40% he comes back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I, we learned from last year that sometimes even when it looks like it's done, it's not done, and and you know weird yeah. stuff happens. But because someone's going to bite, someone's going to bite. Not, well, this might not go down till draft night. 
Exactly. And remember, it's an expiring contract. Yeah. Right. Keep in mind, it's an expiring contract. So teams, you know, love taking those kind of things on. But at the same time, he's looking for an extension. You have to find a team that's willing to take that on and also give him the extension. Right. Who's going to feel comfortable giving Hassan Reddick 20 plus million? It's got to be somebody who feels like they're close. Like you're not going to be, let me put it this way. Carolina Panthers aren't going to be in the running. I know we already played there, but for Hassan Reddick. The, right. the, the Arizona Cardinals. I know people are saying, trade right. with Jonathan Gunn. It doesn't make any sense for them. No. Yeah. Where he makes sense is if you're close, if you feel like, hey, I need that I need that compliment on the other side to my guy who's a beast on, on the left side, whatever. You, you get that. That's who it is. It's going to be winners. It's going to be teams that are probably playoff teams are close. And likely and, li- and likely, it could be a team in the AFC. You know, most, team, most, most teams like most teams like sending off their you know they're, they're highly productive, highly productive guys into an opposite conference, so they ain't got to see them like that. Um, yeah, and then it begs the question: you know what what what's your drawing point? In other words, uh, where are you drawing a line on the sand? Like I'm not going below a, I, I don't know, a a, a high two or, or or a low one. Like what what is your? Because let's face it, you got a guy going into the last year of his deal, which makes this challenging. You have to know that you can resign him. You also know that that guy's looking for a ton. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's not super easy to, to to make this deal. It's really yeah. not. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, again, I think I, I think Hassan Reddick is going to get paid, but I just don't think it's going to be twenty million dollars. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if a team throws eighteen at him. I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, just thinking about people in his bracket, um, Cameron Hayward. 16.4 million, Emmanuel Ugba, 16.3 million, Zach Allen, 15.2, Carl Lawson at 15, Matt Milano at 14.1. He's kind of an off ball linebacker. Good player. He's coming off a big injury, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cam Jordan is making 13.9. He's getting up there. Um, yeah. He's getting, he's, he's getting up there. But when you look at Cam Jordan and what he provides, yeah, he's still good. <laughs> yeah. I think he gave them, ooh, actually, 2023 wasn't a good year for him at all. It was a, fall off like no other he only had he only had two sacks in 2023 hmm. yeah i think i think that's the end for him um but yeah look i i think i think hot is going to get paid somehow some way um but i think the philadelphia eagles have drawn their line pretty clearly in the sand yep and again let him let him you know sort of play the field a little bit too all right one other thing i wanted to bounce off you as well offensively I wasn't doing the comp thing because I know what Patrick Mahomes is. And I I think per, I actually think Purdy did a pretty good job last night. I did. I I know everybody loves to just dump on the guy. I he didn't hurt he, them. I he didn't he hurt played them. well. Yeah, Made some yeah, big he, throws, whatever. He was yeah, he was he was solid. He he didn't I'll put it to you this way. He didn't hurt them. And um for a guy that doesn't have the have the experience, he did all right. But um you know, it's just when, when, when things matter the most, he just he just couldn't make that throw. But also, you give credit to Kansas City's defense. They were in for, his grill. You yeah. know, for, you know, for getting in his grill, but, you know, on, on key downs yeah. at that. But I, I think that, you know, you watched some of the things, and obviously I it, it's impossible to compare people to Mahomes. So that's not what I'm doing, okay? Mm-hmm. I know he's in a different stratosphere. But you wonder if you can get Jalen back to that level. He played at it last year's Super Bowl where he was spectacular. That was what I was thinking also in the fourth quarter and then the overtime in that game mm-hmm. because we didn't see that guy. We saw now, a little once, flashes here and there, but not enough. Yeah, the closest the closest we've seen to that was the Bills game. 
Yeah. In my opinion. That was the closest we've seen. Yeah. Just that, you know, seeing the, yeah. the talent. And clutch, you know, he, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. I was just about to say that the talent coming head to head with the clutchness. That 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 was what we saw in that Bills game, man. We didn't really see that all year. Um, that was the closest we had to a Super Bowl performance. And I don't think he's had a performance really to the level of that Super Bowl at all since mm-hmm. then. So, you know, to your question, can Jalen Hurts get back to that level of play? Can Jalen Hurts get back to being an MVP candidate, right? What yeah. I'm looking for from Jalen Hurts at this point, um, first and foremost, protect the football. That's first and foremost, protect the football. But secondly, I want to see I want to see the development in the pocket, right? I don't, the last thing I want to do is change Jalen Hurts' skill set. I want Jalen Hurts to lean into what he is. Me too. Right? Run. Be back to be, the, be that threat. dual threat guy. You know, be, you know, be you know, be that Swiss Army knife. Be that back break on third and longs, right? I want Jalen Hurts to get back to doing what he does well, but in the same breath, I want to see a much more improved pocket presence. Mm-hmm. I want to see more confident throws, more decisive throws. Um, utilizing um, more parts of the field except for just outside the numbers. I just want to see him improve as a quarterback. Um, the work ethic isn't something I would never question. The commitment is something I would never question. But sometimes guys max out. And I'm curious to know where Jalen Hurts will max out because this upcoming season, in my opinion, is going to tell me exactly what we're dealing with for the foreseeable future. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, you know, again, I don't I haven't heard any reports and it looked like last week he was moving around well at the at the pro doing the Pro Bowl skills competition mm-hmm. stuff. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe he doesn't need a procedure on the on the knee. Great. I mean, that's great. He maybe just needed a little bit of rest. And, and that but we I I really hope, Tone, if he goes into that season. Having not done anything and he still looks slow, it's time to get really scared. It really mm-hmm. is because he didn't look as athletic this year, and I and I think some of it was the knee was bothering. Some of it was they probably drilled it into his head, dude. Don't take unnecessary shots. Some of it might be in the back of his mind that I just got you know a huge contract and I want to keep playing. I don't know, but he wasn't the same dual threat that he was the year before. Rob, he looked slow in week one. Yes, I know. In week one, I know. That's how scary it was. He looked slow in week one. Now I I think I think you're right. I think they drilled in his head to yeah. kind of protect himself more, and it kind of made him a little skittish, kind of made him, made him hesitant out there. Yeah. But at this point, man, look, the money's in the bank already. Get back to playing football, man. Yep. Do you. Yep. It is what it is, man. Do you. And I'm and curious co- to see what Kellen Moore can do. emphasize that. Emphasize it to him. Like, we need you. We need 2022, Jalen. You know, we'll, let's football, man. You, you get hurt running onto the field. You can blow out an Achilles. Okay. I'm so glad you said that. Let it you can, loose. You can you can get hurt sneezing on the sideline. Yep. So why even waste time trying to litigate injuries? Why? Yeah. Or 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 legislate injuries rather. Why waste time? Go out there, play your game, and if a sniper hits you, a sniper hits you. Yeah. That's just the it's it's, it's, the, it's the nature of the game. I'm really curious to see what Kellen Moore could bring out of him. I really am. Um, uh, you know, I you know you and I say it all the time. Quality hire. But what will it look like? What would that marriage look like um, between Kellen Moore and Jalen Hurts? It's something that we have to um, consider. But also, I'll take it a step further. Nick Sirianni's future is hinging on Jalen Hurts' success. 100%. Hinging on it. Nick Sirianni has to do everything possible to make sure Jalen Hurts gets back to that playoff level, that MVP level, that Super Bowl level performance. He has to. Mm-hmm. Um, so much is hinging on Jalen Hurts get, um, you know, you know, getting, this thing, getting this thing right. So much. Uh- 
Yeah, I, I, if you think about it, Nick's job hinges on on Kellen Moore, on Jalen, on Vic Fangio, you know, like any coaches does. But I mean, especially in this situation where he doesn't have as much control over it, it it's got to be a tough thing to sort of step back and, all right, I got to trust this guy. I do wonder too how much Kellen Moore incorporates what he likes to do with Jalen's skill set. Any good coach or coordinator, you know, does that. And, and, and the bad ones force you to do what they do. I really hope Kellen Moore is open-minded because he's got a different kind of quarterback than he had with Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert in, in terms of athleticism. Um, you know, he, he's, he's run the RPO. He's very good against the blitz. There's good signs there, um, you know, with him that I, that this could very well work, but he's got to be able to be, you know, willing and able um, to do things a little bit differently than what he's done. And that's, and again, he's only, he's a young dude, man. He's not that far removed from this. I, I, that part I think is good where there may not be a stubborn level that you might have with somebody else who's been around a long time. Now, conversely, I want Fangio to kick a little ass. Like I, they need a little bit of a, of a bad cop. I think agreed, agreed. on that side. So, um, Hey, Hey Jordan, listen, man, you're, if you, I see you huffing and puffing, I can't have you in the game. So, you know, we got to figure this out, you know, one way or the other, you got to be ready to roll like these other guys are, you know, look yeah, at BG, I, look at yeah. Fletcher Cox. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. Like it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of pressure on everybody going into this next season. Um, the conference is getting better. Yes, the conference is getting better. Detroit got better. Uh, Packers are coming. You know, the, Niners uh, aren't going anywhere. Niners aren't going anywhere. So at this point, in my humble opinion, and, and the Rams are getting things back on track mm-hmm. slowly. They're getting things back. Like they're they're going to be in the mix. We still don't know how sustainable what the Buccaneers did is. But um, yeah, what are the Vikings? Because we don't know about their quarterback. Yeah, which right, is some things right. we don't we don't have an answer to. Right exactly. Now. The five teams I'm looking at right now in the NFC are Niners, Lions, Cowboys, Packers, and Rams. And the yeah. Eagles have and the Eagles have to worry about all five of those teams mm-hmm. because all five of those teams are coming. Yeah, and they're not going anywhere, and they all have competent quarterback play. Jalen Hurts needs to get back on track. It's imperative. You're right. I mean, I would say other than Dallas, there's more stability coaching-wise at, at a lot of those places. Yep, Matt LaFleur and Green Bay. Like Detroit, Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah, Sean McVay. But Detroit kept Ben Johnson, um, you know, where they thought maybe he was going to be gone. Green Bay, I don't think Green Bay lost. They changed their defensive coordinator. But you still have Lafleur in the in the OC, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But so yeah, the, and the Eagles are in a situation where there's been a lot of turnover. I coaching turnover and player turnover on the defensive side of the ball for sure. I mean, offensively, you could be looking at what other than a different running back and Kelsey. Kelsey's the other. All right, let me. Speaking of, he was he, he was in the in the suite. He had the overalls on. Then he was on mm-hmm. the field watching. Right. Uh, and and take it even if you want to take the entire week that that he he spent there partying and all that. Did did it lean? Did it lean you either way? Uh, this this tells me he's coming back. This tells me he's going. What I I didn't. I'm not. It didn't move my needle either way. But where where are you at? Oh yeah, my needle really didn't move. Um, the the furthest I got was, man, he's having a lot of fun with his free time. Right. Yeah, a lot of right. them is free time. So 
Uh, and also, I think there was a report saying that he's 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 talking, he's he's listening to, I think was it Fox or ESPN? He's he's listening to, you know, their pitches. I guess that's correct. He he, he reportedly, uh, reportedly met with three different networks while he was out there. Yeah, you can look at it one of two ways. One, he's looking to make his move now, or two, he's further you know laying groundwork for for when he whenever he does hang it up. Because think about it too, when they had their Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. By week? He went to it's called like boot camp or whatever that and he, and he spent the day with uh with with the prime people who do the Thursday night games. We, we went through all the production meetings and all the behind the scenes stuff. So he's always thinking about the future uh, and whether that means that's happening immediately. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think he's just a, a guy who's very smart about, hey, I got to get myself ready and get my, you know, plant my seeds here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's It's unwritten. But I'm still on the side of our guy Kelsey coming back for one last hurrah. I'm still okay. on that side of things. Okay. All right. Let's uh let's come back. <clears throat> we will we will swing it back at one o'clock to the NFL, some of the other things with the Super Bowl uh and whatnot, and just just happenings around the league. Uh later we'll get into the commercials, halftime usher, you know, uh, the the stars were were out. Uh, <laughs> did you see the cutaway? I'll just do this one now. Mm. The cutaway to Lady Gaga. No, missed that one. All right, see if you can find it during the break. She can't, couldn't have looked like she wanted to be anywhere else. She was just like, <sighs> like get me out of here, man. You have to look at what she's got all this like glittery stuff around her eyes. Yeah. But she's like gaga up, whatever. But dude, she's like, was this during halftime show? Like, uh, when was this? No, 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 no. It was actually during the game. She was in a suite. It just, Heads look like she had, and you know how it is. You catch somebody at a, at a moment you, or whatever. You, you know, you know. Typically, like the, like those kind of people, like their handlers or like their PR people, they tell them to show up to these events. You know, yeah. so they can kind of like show face. And, oh, it's it's a great like, PR move. Just yeah, it, 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 that's what they do. And most of the time, those guys are like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll go whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll show face. I'll shake some hands and whatever. But yeah. but man, uh, I, I, it's no way I'm at the Super Bowl looking like I want to get out of here. I know. Especially that one too. That I think it was like in the third or fourth quarter when the game had started to really kind of pick up too. But anyway, it was yeah, it was it was it was a boring game. So she she probably was like, oh my god, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, all right, <laughs> good one by us. Take was her poker face. I like it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hit it. Let's come back. Oh man, and a uh, couple things. Uh, there will be a new Sixer tomorrow. Tone, uh, a familiar face to people in the Philadelphia area. Uh, they played a night against Cleveland. Flyers uh, have come back strong since the All-Star break. Uh, Phillies pitchers and catchers report tomorrow, and they made a move. They signed a pitcher. So we'll do all these things when we come back, 1 o'clock NFL, and then one thirty all the uh, Super Bowl festivities. Let's talk about pro-action restoration, because if you have a home, a property, a business that you own, and you go through the pain and the inconvenience of fire damage, of water damage, of smoke damage, whatever, mold whatever the case may be, you know, you're not equipped to handle this kind of stuff, but pro action restoration is. And the great thing is 
they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. They're, they're around at any time. Uh, I went through it. I reached out to them and I, I couldn't believe really how simple the process was. And it's a, you know, it's a stressful thing, man, when you have an issue at your house and I had water damage and they came out and they fixed it and they took care of all the other stuff, the ceiling and the carpet and the wall that were all damaged by this. And it was a one-stop shop and they worked in conjunction with my insurance company. So again, um, they are licensed, bonded, fully insured. ProAction Restoration has been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. And whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. 
We're back. We are uh, Rob Ellis, Tony Shields. We are Sports Day hanging with you on this Monday. All right. So, uh, Tony, a couple other things that, to mix in here aside from Super Bowl and Eagles. The Sixers tomorrow, it, it can't become official uh, with the buyout process until tomorrow, but uh, they will sign Kyle Lowry, uh, point guard. They will bring him in at $2.8 million, uh, This for the rate remainder of this season. Of course, uh, Villanova, North Philly, Cardinal Doherty High School uh, played for Nick Nurse with the Raptors. He will be 38 in March. Uh, my man's, you know, got some mileage Damn. on him. Yeah, he's 38. Yeah, co- coming up. Um, he, he spent this year with the Heat, and then they traded him to Charlotte where he hasn't played. He's made uh, the average 8.2 points per game this season, four assists, three, three and a half rebounds, shot at 38 Point five from three. I, I think what you what you know about this is, especially after trading Patrick Beverly, you're bringing in a guy who's got mileage on him. You're bringing in a guy who's not what he was in his prime, who was an all star. You're bringing a guy who's going to bring you smarts, toughness, leadership. I think he'll be able to get maxi good looks and good spots if they're on the floor together. If not, you're not falling off a cliff when maxi comes out. If he comes in to to, to run the point, whatever. Um, and I think he helps you in the interim until you start getting bodies back. You know, right now they're still without Embiid, Batum, mm-hmm. Melton, uh, Covington, among others. So this is again, understand it's not the guy of five, six, ten years ago. He's it's he, but you know, savvy, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the best you go for. Um, he's a savvy player. Um, he understands the game well. Uh, he's an irritant, so he can definitely get under the opposing team's skin. <laughs> um, look, man, you know how I feel about you know how I feel about homecomings, man. I'm always iffy about them. You know, like how much do you have left in the tank? Are you really here to really, really win, or are you here just kind of as this this early retirement package? Um, uh, look, low risk, high reward. I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not overly enthused. You know what I mean? Not saying I'm against it, but it's just okay. It's a, it's it's a move. You know we'll you know we'll see what happens. Um, it gives them another ball handler, so uh, Maxi can play off ball a little bit more. So you know, so he's not getting you know uh, double teamed the moment he cross half court. You know, you I, I guess it gives you some versatility. You said it also. You know the the familiarity between him and Nick Nurse. They won the championship together. It's something that it's it, it's something to look at. I know that they've been trying to get Kyle Lowry for the past two or three years. They have. Um. Obviously, um, it didn't really didn't really pan out, but here we are at age thirty eight. I know. Um, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see if he can even last the rest of the season, make it and last the playoff run. If that's even what the Philadelphia seventy six can even qualify for at this point, um, we don't know what Joel Embiid's situation is, so I don't know how much stock to put into the move. Really, well, you're right, I, and I think if you go in with low expectations that. He'll provide you some solid minutes off the bench, nothing more, nothing less. I think you're all right. You think he's going to be anywhere near what he was in the in his Raptors days? No, he's not. I mean, he simply put, he's the, he's shown that he isn't that guy the last couple of years in Miami. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason why they dumped him. You know, right. so you're getting him. You know, two point eight million, whatever. I mean, I'm not worried about the money part of it, but this team right now needs some guys who know how to play basketball because they're really hurting. Like they're down. They won the other night in Washington, and it was good to see Maxi get back 
you know, but let's be real. Washington stinks out loud. Washington is like, what, 9 and 40? What is and it? that was the last break that you get the rest of this month, Tone. I know we talked about this last week, but for maybe people who didn't see it, you get Cleveland at Cleveland tonight. Who's Cleveland is hot right now. Right. Since the since the start of the new year, Cleveland's been excellent. Okay. So you, got, you go there tonight, Miami uh, home on Wednesday. Knicks home on Thursday. Um, actually, that's that's yeah, that's um, that's the following week. That's after the All Star break. But I'm just giving you the mm-hmm. what they have: Cleveland at Cleveland, Miami home, New York home, Cleveland home, Milwaukee home at Boston. That's the rest of this month. So you have a really challenging month in front of you, where you're just looking to tread, tread water, stay where we are, not fall too far back. Standings right now. Uh, in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference, they're fifth. The, the, the Sixers are fifth. They're two games ahead of Indiana. They're two and a half ahead of uh, of the Magic. So, you know what? If you get down to the Magic, you're in that seven seed range. Mm-hmm. You have to believe that Miami's got a run in them. Miami's in the eight hole. So you could have mm-hmm. – I mean, that's very possible, depending on when Embiid comes back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough sledding for the Philadelphia 76ers right now. Um, expectations should not be but so high knowing what their situation is. Um, the season started off really fun, but overall, reality set in. And, you know, they, I mean, they did bring in some depth at the guard spot, you know, campaign, you know, Buddy Hill, um, obviously Kyle Lowry, we just talked about him. So they should be good there. But when I think about their real issues, their real issues is that they don't have a big that, you know, that, that's reliable. Mm-hmm. Mo Bamba, limit, he's limited. But, that game against Cleveland, they're not winning that game. And the reason they're not winning that game is because they have no one to handle Jared Allen. They have no one. And that's going to be and that's going to be their Achilles heel. They, they're going to lose the rebound battle. Um, Cleveland's going to have a lot of second-chance points in that game. And this is going to be foreshadowing because, again, Joel Embiid's not out there, and Joel Embiid dominates Jared Allen every time. He uh, destroys him. Jared Allen's going to have a field day um, on that 76 defense. I agree. I, I agree. I think they're in trouble. Uh, look, it, it, I, if you're asking me to predict the, the next wave of games between now and then after the All-Star break, you know, Tone, I, they may not They might not win another game until March 1st. They play Charlotte March 1st. Charlotte's a disaster. But, like, that, they may not. I mean, Cleveland, Miami, New York, Cleveland again, Milwaukee, Boston. That's like two and a half weeks. Right. Yeah, I mean we're we're at the twelfth, right? So that's eighteen days from now, March first. Mm, just get prepare yourself, Sixers fans, uh, if you haven't already. Yeah, just uh, look forward to the All Star break. Flip side is the Flyers have come back from their All Star break, very strong, three and zero. Since then, uh, they beat Seattle on Saturday. They raised their mark to twenty eight nineteen and six. One of the thing, and they put they host the Coyotes tonight. One of the things about the Flyers that's been interesting this year, Tone. They have 12 shorthanded goals. That's a that's a phenomenal number. Uh, you know, it, for people who don't know what, what shorthanded means, when you're in it, you're you have committed a penalty. You have one less guy on the ice. All you're trying to do is have that survive. team not score. Yeah, yeah just, you're trying to survive. They don't score, you're happy. Yep. You get a goal on top of that, it's a big time thing. So um, yeah, I, I again Tortorella has done a hell of a job. The question is March 8th, I believe, is their trade deadline uh in the NHL. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose some guys who are helping them win right now, but it's part of the bigger picture of what they're doing. Right, right, right. You know, 
you know, the fact you, that that statue brought up, the, the 12 shorthanded goals, yeah, that tells me that Tortorella is coaching those guys to be aggressive regardless of the circumstance. Correct. And, and you know, they're, you know, they're living up to the bill. You know, we talked about this off offline. They're beating some pretty good teams. Yes. They beat they beat the Florida Panthers, uh, Seattle. They beat the uh the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're beating some teams that have some some pretty solid records. Yeah. Um, the, the Panthers are 31 and 15. The Jets, I think, what well, they only lost what 12 games. They had the like best that? record in the NHL when they beat them. Oh, 14 uh, games. So and, and they dominated them at that. Right. Came out, came out and jumped on them in the first period. So when you put all that into perspective. And they got the Coyotes next, but you when you put all that in perspective, this 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 team is definitely playing above their head, but they're aggressive, um, they're savvy, um, they're fearless, they're coached very well. Mm-hmm. And I'm I know you guys hate when I you guys probably tired of hearing this broken record, but I'm gonna say it again. Whoever gets them in the first round, it's gonna be a rude awakening for them. Yeah, because that's the thing. They have played the upper echelon extremely well. There's not a fear factor. Most of the times an eight seed is already done upstairs. And I think this works the opposite way. I think the, the higher seed is going to be like, Ugh, all right, we, we got it. We got to show up like every shift because we know they're going all out. This is not a team that's just looking to you have guys who are playing for their NHL lives to show that they belong. And that's a great motivator. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Phillies pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. Uh, and then full squad is a week from today, the 19th. Uh, they did make a move. Uh, again, Keep put this in like the Kyle Lowry, you know, department here. <laughs> they signed a guy, Spencer Turnbull, uh, to a one-year, $2 million deal. He's 31 years old. So this guy went on a little bit of a run in his career in Detroit and at one point threw a no-hitter in 2021 but then had Tommy John surgery, had neck issues, mm. had all kinds of issues after that, and hasn't been the same. Um, so it's a low-risk, high-reward, $2 million a year. He can make up to $4 million in incentives. Uh, Dombrowski knows him because he drafted him when he was when he was running the show in Detroit. It's, it's a body. I think it's a camp body. I'm sure everything's contingent on him making the team as well. You know, just, just eh. It's an eh move. Let me ask you this since we're talking about pitchers. Out of the starter pitchers that the Phillies that the Phillies have right now, yeah, their top five guys. Who do you believe is entering the twenty twenty four campaign with the most pressure on them to take their game to another level? Um, boy, good question. Wheeler, ooh, Wheeler's on the precipice. He, he's on, he's in the last year of his deal, but he's on the precipice of getting you know, upwards of 35 million a year for at least three years, I think at his age, he's 34, 35. Um, but the, but the good thing about that is I don't, he doesn't strike me as a guy who lets that kind of stuff get into his head at all. He's a very robotic in a good way and a chill guy. Uh, Philly 007 has, is, has a name that I also first thought of. That's what I first, that's what I first thought about. Well, here, here, and here's why I'll agree with both of you guys in that I think he's got a lot on him. Um, this is the year that you can really separate yourself and establish yourself as a big time starting pitcher. And you are, uh, you know, I don't know how many years of uh, arbitration he has left. I don't think many, but he can position himself 
to get paid big time. He has so as of right now, he's in arbitration. He's entering arbitration year two. Um, he has one more year of arbitration in 2025, and then in 2026, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So that means two things. If he has a good year, his arbitration number is going to go way up next year. Or they can they can rip up what he's got left and sign him to a long-term deal. All the talent's there. The guy feels his position great. He's the most chill dude. You wouldn't know if he was pitching game five of the World Series or he was on, you know, the, the playground around the corner. He <laughs> he is zzz. so uh so that's good, but he's got a lot of pressure on him because he needs to start showing like you are that guy, man. You are a legitimate number three starter in this rotation. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I, and look, I, I like Richard Suarez as well. Like you said, I love the I love the ice cold nature of his approach. Swag. Um, he, he pitches with swag. Yeah, I love his style. Uh, and he's he's reliable, but he has battled some injuries. So we'll see how that can affect his negotiations going forward. But I think you're right. I think this year was very pivotal for him, um, especially in letting letting the Phillies know if they want to commit to him long term as well. I'll throw. Um... I'll throw a couple other guys that I think are interesting. I, I think there's a lot of people that are on the fence with uh, Christopher Sanchez and whether or not he's a legitimate number four in a rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones, they're, they're going to be counting on two young guys right now in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, Orion Kirkering, who was the young guy they brought up, you know, at the very end of the season last year is, mm-hmm. is going to be one of them. Um, and the other one is Jeff Hoffman, who kind of came out of nowhere. Jeff Hoffman's story is amazing. He was throwing batting practice to Bryce Harper when Harper was coming back from the elbow surgery and they didn't think anything of him. They thought he was going to go right back down to the minors. And they, they, they looked at his stuff and they said, we got to, we got to look at this guy a little closer. And then Harper went to them and said, this dude's nasty. Like you, you we got to think about this in the, in the bullpen. And that's how he got a look. Mm. So, you know, what exactly were they, were they, was he a one hit wonder? Is Kirkering really ready for this big stage? He 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 burned through single A, double A, triple A to the majors last year. So I think those two guys are are, are under some pressure too. Are you down on Taiwan Walker? Big time. I, I am. Tell. Um, I, he can eat innings. He what? But the problem is he gets you in like a five nothing hole and then he settles in. So he ends up going six or seven innings, but your offense really has to fight back because he's not pitching well early and he scares me because he's got three years left making 18 million a year and he was unpitchable last year. Like they literally, he yeah, wasn't he, on the active roster last and, year. And, and, and in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That told me everything I needed to know. He, he didn't even get a, a desperation start. You know what I mean? Right. He didn't, they didn't even start him in terms of just like, you know, a change of no pun intended, change of pitch. Like, you know, just a change of like, you know, change the momentum. Like they just completely said, no, he's not, he's not touching the field. They felt more comfortable overworking Zach Wheeler. Right. Right. No, you're exactly right. And I think the other, the other, if I had to jump to position players, I think this is, it's an interesting, uh, interesting premise here. Um, is Castellanos going to show up this year? Because he usually has mm. one good, one bad, one good, one bad. He had the very bad first year. And then uh, he had a, even though the very end was ugly in the playoffs, but he had a nice bounce back last year. Is he going to be more consistent? I don't know. I really don't know. When you, you know, when you when you had that kind of trend up down up down up down like that, and now we're entering the down at the, the downside of your trend, that's a little nerve wracking. Then then take it one step further. Does Trey Turner show up for the entire season? I think Trey is going to be all right. Okay, I think that transition was a little was a little rough for him. Obviously, he settled in on the back end and it came up huge for them. I think 
I think he I think he's I think he's full full steam ahead going forward. That's what okay. I think at least. Yeah, and look, he and he's he's his track record would say that you're probably gonna get a pretty good uh pretty good Trey Turner. The other one is the younger guys, Rojas in center field. Is he ready to be a big league hitter because he was an automatic out in the playoffs? Very young. Like it, it deserves time to kind of get his act together here. Um and and apparently bulked up in the offseason, worked really hard in the offseason. And, you know, especially with Marsh, mm-hmm. you know, us not knowing exactly what Marsh's status is, they say he's going to be ready for the start of the season. We don't know yet. If that's the case, it's a golden opportunity for Rojas to step in there and just crush, mm-hmm. you know, and then never don't let Marsh get the full-time job back. Let you know, let it turn it into a, a platoon to some degree or have Marsh in left field. You know, I, I the Rohan, they, Rojas, excuse me, Johan Rojas. They want to give every opportunity to to crush. He's twenty three. Yeah, like if 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 with that with that defensive skill that he has, if he can figure out the offense, if he can just become a a you know a regular small ball guy, he 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 stays on base. Maybe he's not a home run dude, but he lives on base with that defense. He can make a lot of money in the MLB. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, and I think that if your lineup, if you're if the guys that you're paying the big money to do their job. You're not worried about Johan Rojas hitting 240. Not. You're not. Let him go play great defense. Let him steal bases. Let him be disruptive. And everything else will take care of itself if Turner, Harper, uh, Real Muto, all those guys deliver for you. It's a good lineup, man. And you're way better defensively because you don't have Schwarber in the field. And you got Harper at a position that he's been able to practice all summer, all winter. Definitely. I'm excited to see the next step from Alec Baum. Had a really Bowman good season. Yeah. Yeah. Had a really good season last year. I'm curious to know just, just how good he can be. Because remember, there was a stretch where those those guys, Bohm, Stott, um, Marsh, they were carrying Harper and those guys at one point, remember? Yes. And um, obviously, you know, the, the, the vets eventually settled in, but you know, when you got guys like that that's that good, that young, you want to lean in on that. And I'm curious to see what's the next step in Bohm's development. Hmm. I am too. And th- those guys are huge because, because of this. They are not the heavy, high price free agents. They're the core of what you have to have. If you're going to pay Harper and Turner what they're paying them and what you might have to pay, uh, well, what you're paying Nola and what you might have to pay Wheeler, you have to have the guys who are making like the, you know, the league minimum. And that's what it is. You still control Bohm. You still control Stott. Those guys are making a pittance compared to what those others are making. It's a have or have right. not. Right. Bohm is, is entering arbitration year one. You know what I mean? Right. He still has, two more, still has two more years left of arbitration. Won't be unrestricted free agent until 2027. So, you know, while you have these guys at these numbers, you got to you gotta take advantage of it. Yeah. And Stott's even younger. So you, you control both of those guys, um, you know, which is big. All right. Let's come back. Uh, we'll revisit the Super Bowl. We'll go through the you know, the whole rules changes and did Kyle Shanahan make the right move? Uh, Chiefs parade, Chiefs uh, dynasty, uh, some key moments again. Some other news around the NFL: coordinator hires, some some movement from from team to team. We'll get into a bunch of things, including commercials, uh, including Usher, including Taylor Swift, including some betting stuff. We got a lot to do between now and the end of the program. So don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take.
I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services right now. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face, and uh, they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Uh, go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Sports take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's uh, 
there was a, a pretty extensive piece tone in the ringer, which I thought was, was pretty interesting um, on a number of different fronts and, and basically pretty damning of Kyle Shanahan. And I don't, I don't so much mean um, the debate of whether or not he should have deferred uh, to start overtime, but how his players weren't educated on the postseason overtime rules is hard for me to fathom. This this comes from a ringer piece. Uh, the Chiefs' overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped, uh, and it wasn't just by accident. Kansas City safety Justin Reed told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. Defensive lineman Chris Jones told me uh, players were prepared for what to expect if the Super Bowl went to overtime. He went on to say, uh, quote, we walked through this for two weeks, uh, how we were going to give the ball to the opponent if they scored, what we were going for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. The 49ers did not do the same. Multiple San Francisco 49er players said after the game, they were not aware that the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. And strategy discussions over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. Defensive lineman Eric uh, Armstead said he learned of the details by looking up at the Jumbotron as, as overtime was about to start. Kyle Jusek, the fullback, said he assumed the 49ers asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in regular in the regular season. When a touchdown wins the game, I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy, says Jusek. That ain't good, man. That ain't good, brother. That is a bad sign that nobody that you didn't go through this with your guys. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's the first part of this that that irritates me, right? The fact that you guys didn't have the uh, the wherewithal or the or the the presence of mind to make sure you guys are fully aware of any sort of rule changes, any sort of anything rule related when it comes to the football game. That's one, right? Or overtime. That's the one thing. Number two, I said it earlier in the show, y'all had to set up for a field goal, or y'all chose to set up for a field goal at the end of the day. Now, if you would have scored a touchdown and then you didn't know the rule, I would have been like, okay, all right, I can I can kind of roll with that because you you at least you scored a touchdown and you put the onus on the other team, right? But you kicked the field goal and you gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, right? If you if you don't want to lose the game, you score touchdowns. It's just that simple. I'm not look, may, may, maybe I'm being a little biased here, but I'm not I'm not throwing any bell to the 49ers, man. I wouldn't even say anything after the fact. I wouldn't even say anything. I, I'm why I'm add insult you. to injury. Yeah, I, I you know it's almost sort of like the uh the Britain Covey argument. It's like I don't deny you're telling the truth, man, at all. Maybe some things are better left unsaid, right? I, I wouldn't have said a, I wouldn't have said a word. Yeah. And and, and what difference look, does it I, make? The problem is I don't know, like I and, and to be fair to those guys, to Armstead and, and Jusek and those guys, I don't know what the set like I don't know what questions spurred it. I don't think they were trying to destroy Kyle Shanahan, but I think they were being honest, like, yeah, it kind of took me by surprise too, or whatever. But you're right. I mean, here's the thing. We're not talking about any of this if the offense goes down and scores a touchdown and the defense does their job. We're not. We're not. And that's all it's, I'm it, saying. It's not an excuse. But again, what it tells me is Shanahan is not quite at the level yet. He can climb. It's not to say he can't get there. And I made the comp earlier. I think he's Andy Reid with the Eagles. He's at this place, but Andy Reid now is here. Does that imply that Kyle Shanahan is not going to get to that level unless he leaves the 49ers? That's a really good follow-up question. He's been there for a long time. And they've had talented rosters year after year after year. They've been in two Super Bowls in the past five years. Yep. And they've lost every single one of them. 
You know, he's he's led in all of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's he's been connected to three Super Bowl collapses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can be a smart you can be as smart as you want, but at the end of the day, do you have the stones (laughs) to actually get the job done? Well, how about this too? Just stay on that for a minute. So San Francisco now, that's their fourth NFC championship game last five years, and it's their second Super Bowl. Both of the Super Bowls, they led by 10 and lost. So there is a track record of coming up small in big games with Shanahan, and there's no denying it. Now, I am in no way, shape, or form implying he's in any kind of trouble. He's absolutely not. But let me ask you, Tone, like you get to um, a Super Bowl next year or the year after that, and you come up small, do you do you stay with the guy? This was the existential question for Eagles fans. Mm. Andy Reid was great at getting you – I mean, they were consistent as heck, man. They were in the they were in the NFC Championship game all the time. It felt like got to the one Super Bowl, didn't win, um, but you knew he was a really good coach. Eventually, his time kind of played out, and you moved on. I I, I wonder where John Lynch is with this. You know, how right? long has Kyle Shanahan been the coach for the for the Niners? He got Cause, the job because Andy was there for fourteen years. Well, the Eagles were for fourteen years, so I'm, I'm trying to gauge it against that because um, look. We can't deny it. Kyle Shanahan is one, of, is one of the best minds in football right now. Um, he's always going to have his team in the mix. See, at least you can hope for is he's going to have you at the doorstep, right? And then, you know, at, at, at this point, I'm not I'm not ready to walk away from that. He keeps you at the doorstep. He keeps you in the mix. Obviously, that team is talented, but the way, way he's able to do with those chess pieces is, is spectacular. So, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say Kyle Shanahan needs to, you know, think about speaking beyond. He's the been Niners, there since but... 17. 17 oh. was his first year. Okay, so he's been there what seven years? Eight, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, seven. Seven years. This was this was the seventh season, right? Yeah, I'm not. No, I don't think I'm quite there yet. But if you keep coming up small in these in these situations, because look, these moments don't happen for you often. Right. Eventually, they're going to have to pay the piper. And the quarterback position is going to get paid at some point. But that's if. And it's only if they feel Brock Purdy is their long-term solution. Remember, they got to that same point with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Oh, and, I, I, look, I, yeah. and look, I'm not saying that Jimmy G and Brock Purdy are the same player. I'm not saying – I don't know who's better, quite honestly. I, I but, like I like Purdy better than Jimmy G. That's no, just I, I do too. Yeah. I think Brock Purdy makes less mistakes. Um, but I will say this, though. Um, how, how, how sold are they? on him right obviously he got them to two NFC championships back to back that's something that you can hang your hat on let's not get it twisted but at the same time the way they handled that quarterback position it's hard for me to completely believe that they're ready to back the Brinks truck for um Brock Purdy oh I understand I and believe me I get and again, it again he's only and, he's entering year he's going he's going to be entering year three I know he's, of he's the rookie he's, deal so he's very young you know you got time but Remember, he was he stayed in college a lot longer, so he's one of those older young guys. Yeah, and he started as a you freshman, I mean? so he had a lot of experience. The, the, the one thing I, I just back to Shanahan for a second. In fairness to him, because I, I I'm trying to be fair here. He 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 didn't fumble like Christian McCaffrey did. He didn't have the the, the botched punt. You know, I'm yep. believe me, they work on that stuff all the time. Get away yeah. from it. Get away from it. Call it out yeah. and execute. Now you could blame yeah. that on coaching if you want, but but mm. I you know certain things happen. You don't expect McCaffrey. I don't think fumbled all year. You can't expect right, like, some of those things. You know, you know what's funny right. about that game? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm watching that game and I thought to myself, especially when it was over, I thought to myself, 
I don't think Kyle Shanahan made any decisions that was egregious that made me feel like, oh, he he blew that. Or, you know, there weren't too many decisions that I could really point to in that game where I felt like he dropped the ball. I don't know. You tell me different. No, I, I, my impression was, I, 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 this is one of the things I don't like about society or sports. We always want to, it's your fault. How about Mahomes and Reed are freaking great. They're great. Yeah, I played them. And, and, you know, other than one time when they lost in a Super Bowl to, to Brady, they win, man. They win. They've won three. They've, you know, we're talking about we're in the midst of a dynasty. So it's sometimes the other guy's great and and you go mm-hmm. like this, you know? So I think that's a big piece of this thing too. Like I said, I'm not, I thought Purdy played, you know, a very solid game, a yeah, winnable okay. game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't think he hurt them. I don't think he, I don't think he had them behind the eight ball. I felt like he made a lot of big throws. Yeah. Um, but just when it got when it got to the red zone, that Chiefs defense stepped up their game. That's it, and they're and they are that good. Right. You know, you know what I point I point the finger at guys like Debo Samuel, eleven targets, three catches. Yeah, like a lot of your big boys came. Where's Kittle? Where's Kittle? So these guys came up small for you, man. They hurt right. you. Right. Outside of like one big catch, Ayuk was a non-fact. I mean, nope. let, let, those let, three. Let, let's be much. frank here. Your yeah. three-headed monster did not show up. Christian McCaffrey was the only guy that showed up. Yeah, it's true. And he fumbled still, but still re- um, responded. You know, kept you know kept going. Yeah. But um, that you know that Chiefs defensive line, they came up, they held them to under four yards of carry ultimately. Yeah, I agree. that's a big deal. I I agree with you, man. I agree with you, hundred um, uh, percent. So a couple other things around the uh, the NFL. Uh, Clint Kubiak will be named. Uh, he was a passing game coordinator with the Niners. He will be named the Saints offensive coordinator. Um, so he goes down there. He was Gary Kubiak, the former player and coach's son. So he will be going down to New Orleans. New Orleans has an interesting situation in that they got a they got a Derek Carr who's getting older, but they do have Olave. They got some, you know, there's some talent on that side of the ball for them. Um, but that's just one of those teams I can't get any level of excitement for. Going into next year, the Saints. It's yeah, like it's, it's, eh. it's, it's hard to get excited for a team that's eighty million in a hole. No, that's did the you other know part. that? No, yeah, that's that's the other part. You're right. That's eighty million major... in the hole. Jeez. Yeah, that's gonna bad. Going to be going to be a lot of cuts, a lot of trades, a lot of movement on that roster. No, you're right. You are right about that. Yeah, I, I don't. And that's their GM has been kicking the the, the can down the curb a, a long, long time, uh, for sure. All right. Uh, so a couple other things. Deshaun Foster, you remember the running back, uh, played in the NFL, played for the Panthers, among other teams. He is getting the UCLA job. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly awesome. rolled, yeah, to be the uh, OC at Ohio State. And yeah, Sean isn't Foster, he uh, a UCLA Hall of Famer, right? He is, and he's been on the staff there since, I think I think he, he is there, predates Chip there. So he's been on the staff uh, for a little while there, but he gets the gig. That's cool. So Yeah. I mean, I don't. It, it, I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't thought of the name in a while. I mean, he had a couple of good games against the Eagles back in the day, um, but yeah. So he is. Uh, he's going to be the head coach there. The Ryan Grubb. His story is interesting. He was the offensive coordinator with the University of Washington. Um, tried to get the head coaching gig after uh, what's his name, Kalen De, De, DeBoer, left to go to Alabama. 
He didn't get the head coaching job at Washington. Then he had agreed to go with DeBoer to, um, to Alabama. Now he's jumping to go to the Seahawks as their offensive coordinator. Yes, there's a lot there. <laughs> but anyway, Ryan Grubb is the offensive coordinator uh, at, at with the now with the uh, Seattle Seahawks after a lot of a lot of maneuvering there uh, back and forth. Um, all right, other takeaways from the game uh, from you. Uh, aside commercials and all that, which we'll get to in a second, but what, anything else stand out at you, Tone, from that game? Tone? Oh, like I lost Tone. All right, so I think Tone's maybe having some uh, technical issues, as they say. Um, you know, like for me, and this is Tone texting me, so let me see what's going on here. Internet just dropped. All right, I'll be right back up. So what, what, what stands out for me, at least, and I'll... Hi. I'll stay right there. Uh, what stands out for me is uh, a couple things from that game. One, reaffirming the greatness that is Mahomes and Reed and how the two work off each other so unbelievably. And I, I'll tell you what, what is also interesting here, you know, with this. We saw the start of it in Philly with Andy and Donovan. And I think two things stand out to you. One, Andy's a better coach now than he was with Donovan. Two. Mahomes is a far superior uh, player to Donovan. And that's not, I'm not a Donovan hater by any stretch. I think the guy was a phenomenal Eagle. I really don't, but that's what you're seeing here. You're seeing a coach who understands things better than he did then. Uh, whether it's time management, timeouts, preparation, uh, not completely abandoning the running game. I think there, there are a couple of hallmarks of Andy Reeds now. And then you see Patrick Mahomes who, not only is not scared in the big moments, he lives for the big moments. He, he, he absolutely unequivocally loves the big, you know, they said, they asked him last night. I think he was on, um, he was on ESPN with Chris Berman and Booger McFarland. And they, they were talking to uh, Mahomes and Kelsey at one point. And they said to him, they're talking about overtime. And Mahomes basically said, once they got the field goal, I felt really good we were going to win this game. You know, and there's just no fear. And, and think about it. That that defense that he's going against is a phenomenal defense. You know, that, that 49er defense had been right there with any defense for a lot of the season. Not that they not every area isn't perfect for them, but still, it's a really good defense. So for them to end up, you know, doing what they did, driving down the field, it's no surprise. And I think we we may even a little bit take it for granted. Um, but we shouldn't. What we're witnessing here is absolute greatness and dominance. That's that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing a team that's in the midst of a dynasty that I think wins at least one to two more, at least. So the, considering the age of the quarterback, the age of most of the players, and the fact that Andy Reid and, and Tone said it well earlier, you know, health willing, uh, I don't think Andy Reid's going anywhere anytime soon. He's got Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. They're going to win a couple more. They are. Now, here, here's where I stand. Uh, and welcome back, Tone. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, you guys. Stuff happens, man. Stuff happens. But uh, where, I, where I was just going with this is um, I don't want us to take the Mahomes-Reed thing for granted. I mean, we're in the midst of a dynasty. We're in the midst of greatness. We're going to you know, always say, man, we, we watch this thing from the jump uh, with these two guys. 
The, the, the other thing that I do find interesting, and, and tell me where you're at. So Mahomes has won three. He's been to four. We know that. Mm-hmm. He's only 28. Brady and Belichick won six together. Brady won seven because he won the one in Tampa. Okay. Right. What will it take in, in, in your estimation for him to be in the conversation? Or is he already in the conversation with Brady? Do you, how many more do you need? Does he have to get the seven? Or could he win five and be considered the GOAT? See, I I, I said earlier, I don't think he's there yet, but I think he will mm. be there when he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, recency bias can definitely have us, you know, jumping off the cliff saying, you know, Mahomes is like he's the greatest to ever do it. You know, it's easy for us to say that in, re- in recency bias, but it, we, can't over- we can't overlook the 20-year dominance that that Patriots team, that Tom Brady and those guys, and that Tampa Bay and that Tampa Bay run had in football. You know, we can't ignore Tom Brady's ability to go from a whole nother organization in year one and then re- and then win the Super Bowl. That can't be ignored. Um, until further notice, Tom Brady still has to be at the pinnacle. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, um, Patrick Mahomes is right there. Hmm. He's right there knocking on the door. Um, he's sitting at the t- don't get don't get me wrong, he's sitting at the table with those guys, but those guys already finished their plates. He's mm-hmm. still he's still working on the appetizer. Still, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean. I, uh, I those, agree. Yes, and, and and again, that's that's no sliding against anybody. I think I, I I think it's just being fair to the people who've done it before him, right? right. Montana, what was it? Five Super Bowls? Or was it four? Can't remember. Four. Four. Uh, four for four. four. He didn't four, lose four, any. Four for four. Didn't lose. Yep. Didn't lose not one. Right now, if Mahomes would have went four for four, I would have been like, all right, he's that level. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe he superseded it, right? Yep. But I know obviously we're seeing my Patrick Holmes now. Those guys are in the past. It's easy to get caught up in that. But you know, he he still has some some levels to climb before I put him on that Tom Brady, you know, GOAT status. I do right. think I think Mahomes is what you call uh st- Mahomes is what you call a baby goat. Yeah, there's there's growth there. Like he's yeah. not, yeah, he's getting there. I think right. he's it, he's a baby yeah. goat. He's, he's a, baby. a baby goat. That's all it is. He's a, billy he's goat. a baby goat. Um, Low billy goat. That's all so it is. I, I think there's that. Then there's the other thing that we we tend to do here. This is a Philadelphia thing. I mean, every city does it, but it's a, it's a discussion in Philadelphia right now. So there's the whole thing about Andy Reid and and whether or not he should still be coaching the Eagles. And I, I'll tell you where I, where I stand on this. It was time to move on for both parties. He got better when he got to Kansas City, in large part because he got Patrick Mahomes. Notice he didn't win with Alex Smith, but he was still really good. Yeah, but, yeah, still won double digit, um, still had double digit win seasons, but you know, there was a ceiling on that. Yeah. So I um I don't look back and say the Eagles made a mistake because I remember how it got at the end. And Andy was was going through a lot. Um, I don't think he was coaching at his best. I don't think that he was making great decisions with with uh, assistant coaches. He went through a ton with his family, um, you know, and, and you and you feel for him. Yeah. But I think he needed to change of scenery just like the mm-hmm. team did. And people just seem unwilling to accept that. They just are. Yeah, I don't understand it. Um, look, you spent 14 years somewhere. And, and what doesn't get talked about enough is how many NFC championships did he go to in Philadelphia? He was one in four in NFC championships. So, he, so he's been to five of them. You get five cracks at it. Only one Super Bowl berth. No win in the Super Bowl. You've been there for fourteen years. By that logic, he was in this. By, by that logic, he was in the NFC Championship every every other year, right? Basically, almost. Yeah. Basically, so 
think about it from that perspective. You get five cracks at it, you can't get it done. As there's going to come a point in time where you say, "All right." And then on top of that, you were see, it wasn't like they fired him on a ten win season or eleven win season. It, it was four, four and twelve. So you 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 couple that four and twelve record with the fact that you couldn't get over the hump five straight five straight years, so to speak. And then obviously the off the field stuff going on. It was just it, he needed a change. Yeah. I'm willing to argue he needed the change more than the Eagles did. I, I would agree. And, and you know, here's the thing. And I, I know he was probably in his 50s when this happened. He got better. He got better as a coach. Why is it hard for people to to, to, uh, to, to I, I don't, I think, even fathom that he got better? I think everybody just feels like, you know, you, you are you are in your 30s and 40s. No, players aren't because they're physically beat up. Yeah, coaches' minds can get better. You can expand. He did expand. I'm willing to argue he got better with handling his quarterback as well. I because, agree because um, some feel like he, some feel he coddled McNabb too much. Yes, some people feel that way. Uh, Asante Samuel said the other day, uh, you know, he he was throwing worm burners in practice, and Asante had come over from the Patriots where you know Brady was like a machine, and he said to Andy, "Listen, man, yep. I'm I'm worried about this guy. What's going on?" He's like, "Well, you you should police him. You talk to him." And Asante Sam was like, me? You want me to talk to him? Right. I so I, yeah. So I think that he is better now. I think he handles people better. He he isn't his, he, he's not Brett Veach is a, is a great GM and he lets Brett Veach do his thing. Yeah, he knows he yeah, he knows how to delegate more as well. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, he just it's so hard for people to fathom that he improved at his job. Um as if we had this version of Andy Reid in Philadelphia. We didn't. He was always smart, he was always a good coach. Oh, Let's not get it. He was always smart. Always one of the better head coaches, but we, but what we're seeing now, he's way better in late game situations now. You know, it, it's, he's he's just better. He's a much better coach. You don't see the clock issues. You don't see the the puzzling timeouts. You don't but see he, Mahomes. He handled that Super Bowl masterfully yesterday. Yeah, you don't he, see well last two, masterfully. last two. So the, the the second half last year, pound Pacheco. It, that's what was working. Stay with it. When he was with the Eagles, he would he he would have blindly gotten away from the run and started throwing more. But he's got the perfect, you, you know, partner in crime with Mahomes because the guy's great. He's smart. He's athletic. He gets it. He 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 he's focused on football. It, it's a perfect marriage. He didn't have that here. You know, mm -hmm. Donovan was gone. Uh, you know, Michael Vick was fine, whatever. But he wasn't the same as as Michael Vick Atlanta guy and, mm -hmm. and whatever. It was just, it was time. It's all. Yeah. So I just, and, we, we always have to, like, I have to watch, sit there and watch Eagles fans. Oh, the Eagles blew it. I don't think the Eagles blew it. That's just my yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. It's not that, it's not that simple. That, that That's my response to it. It's, it's never, nothing in life is ever that simple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. like, that's like me being in a, in a relationship with somebody and, you know, we had our time and, you know, she was who she was and I was who I was. And then, you know, we separate or whatever. And then she goes on to meet a millionaire and then, you know, she becomes who she becomes. And then I go on to be who I become. It's like, like, and someone says to me, well, you guys could have been a power couple. Uh, maybe not so much. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe from a, maybe from a scientific or chemistry standpoint, we just didn't, we wouldn't, we, who's to say we would have got where we were if we stayed together. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes yeah, and, 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 it, it, and well, life is never that simple. Well, whatever you want to call this with Andy and to, to, to play to your analogy, a breakup or a moving on or whatever, sometimes that makes you re-examine some things and it makes you better as a human being. 
they, right. they, where you wouldn't have gotten to that point had you stayed in that same relationship. And exactly. I think with Andy, right. And, le- and, and let's also be real here. Some of this is, is as simple as, and kudos to Andy and Brett Veach, because apparently both of them loved Mahomes, like from, from Jump Street when they saw him play at Texas Tech. If mm-hmm. they don't trade up and get him, I don't know what we're talking about here. Like, I'm not sure. Like, Andy may not even have won one with Kansas City, but they did. Right. So that's right. it. But I mean, they, they get right, all the but they did. in the world. Yeah. Right. And the last thing we want to do is take that away from them. But we got to keep in mind, again, like, what if that wasn't the case? Yeah. You know, after Donovan McNabb left, Andy didn't have stability, stability at the quarterback position. He really didn't. Mm-hmm. We had Vic for what? Two years, three years? And, and, yeah, and he really, like that. Yeah. And he really only gave you really one year of legit top-tier play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was you know, after McNabb left, he didn't have stability at that position. The, the Eagles, they were kind of they were trying to piecemeal it. They didn't draft well. It was, it was just it was a mess. So it was it was just it, Andy was so entrenched. He he had so much going on. It was so much going on in that man's personal life. And then you think about how much how hands-on he was with the organization. It was it was it, it was a mess. It was time, it was time to he move. He admitted on. himself that he needed to take a step back from the personnel part. He said he was caught up in like cap stuff, you know, and he was like, I'm not, that's not me. I need to go back to being a football coach. And he made a lot of mistakes along the way. He thought Kevin Cobb was going to be the heir apparent to Donovan. He wasn't. Yeah. He thought we, we all know this one, but I'll say it one more time. Juan Castillo was going to be a defensive coordinator when the guy his whole life had been an offensive coordinator in the, at the NFL level, he made mistakes. Okay. Right. And it was time to move on. And that's all, that's all. It, it, it's right. like any, that's the other part tone. If you're at a job, or in a relationship, whatever, for a very long period of time. Hey, some people can do it for 40 years. My mom worked at the same place for 40 years. Okay. But sometimes you just, you, you, it, it's stale. It gets stale for you and you need it. You need to change it up. Absolutely. And you need to Absolutely. It up. All right. Let, let's hit it. Let's come back. Uh, we'll go through halftime. We'll go through commercials, the whole Taylor Swift thing, all the stars that were there, some of the gambling stuff. There's a lot to do uh, between now and the end of the program. And we'll do it with you. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street, and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and... It was just a a memory that you'll never forget.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Rob, hanging out with you. Uh, final segment of the program. Uh, no surprise here, Tone, because he kind of hinted to this last night, but Andy Reid made it official. He will be back as the Chiefs head coach. No duh, but he said it officially, <laughs> so we can all, you know, rest easy now, people. All right. Um, all right. Let, let's go to the commercials, which is always a big thing. Now, admittedly, I wasn't sitting there super locked in on everyone. I'll be honest. Right. I'm trying to right. have a life and have conversations, you know, with family members too, you know, my, my wife and son. So I wasn't like, oh my God, you know, I, I can't go up and go to the bathroom. There's a commercial on. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't do that. But mm-hmm. I did, I did, I didn't click, you know, around. I stayed with it. Um, and I watched them all. I I'll go first with my favorite, okay? Dunkin' Donuts. My Yo, favorite. me too. Hands down. <laughs> Yo, the Dunkin' Donuts was hilarious with Tom Brady, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, J Lo. J Lo Fat Joe. Fa- Fat Joe making a little cameo. J Lo's face and reaction were priceless because we've all been there. We've all done that thing where the, where your, your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, just gives you that look like, what, what do you, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? It we was talked perfect. About this. Yeah. We talked about this. And then the best <laughs> is at the very end. Well, there's two things, two kickers at the end. Uh, Tom, you could stay. <laughs> and right. gives Brady that little thing. But then Damon walking out the door is like, you know how I said, like, I do anything for you. Well, this was anything like, don't, in other words, don't ask me for, for another oh one. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. Um, another one that was funny for me was um, the Christopher Walken commercial. Yes. Christopher Walken. Everybody is, impersonating him. Yes. Christopher Walken is tremendous. Um, there were so many of them. Uh, see, I pay attention to the movie ones because I'm, I'm a movie guy. Yeah, so, you're a trailer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So seeing a Deadpool trailer and um, the, 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 the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
Um, the Wicked. There's even like there was a Twister remake that's coming. I know. I'm a, now. I don't know. I don't now, know listen, where I'm at. Listen, with that. I'm I, I'm me and my father, huge Twister uh, Twister fans. Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, that's a classic film. Classic. Yeah. They better get it right. Yeah. This was the first one was called Twister. This was yeah. called Twisters. Okay. Oh, All this right. one's Twisters. Okay. We'll okay. see. Yep. We'll see. Because right. right. I, 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 I'm a sucker for a good um, um, what do you call those movies? Um, like a like a cataclysmic event. I'm a sucker for a good crazy weather. A movie. Natural disaster. Yeah, natural disaster. That's what it is. I'm a sucker for a good. <laughs> You're uh, a natural... sucker for a natural disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds insane. I know. That sounds insane. But I'm a sucker for a good natural disaster movie. Like I love Geostorm. Yeah. Um, I love Moonfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? And, and look, all those movies are so scientifically inaccurate. Who cares? Yeah, you don't care. They're fun. It's like any movie. If you want exactly. to really sit there and pick every little thing apart, you can. You know. But, exactly. Exactly, yeah. man. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of another commercial. Um, that was pretty cool. I got, I got a couple more that I liked. I'll give you one. I really liked. It was T-Mobile, and it was Jason Momoa. Um, oh yeah, and they got some scrubs. My man, um, uh, Donald Faison and um, Jack Braff. Yes. I thought it was very funny, and I thought he really leaned into it, you know, doing the dance routine and singing the song and all that. Um, yeah, I thought that was good. I like I, it was. It wasn't, you know, it, it was funny, and I, I, I think Jason Momoa is good in everything he's in. So I thought he was good. I think he gets it. Um, Definitely, I, I did like the I did like the Beyonce one as well. That was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. The I'll one that I thought it. was touching, the little girl's figure skating, and I guess the mother was passed away. And there was like a. Oh, I missed that one. Okay, so the the a little girl's doing. She's probably ten years old. I don't know. Is doing her figure skating routine, and the father's there in the stands, but there's nobody next to the father, right? Mm. And you and and you can see the girl after she does. She nails it, and she looks and 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 you know, part of her is excited she did it, but the other part was like, I wish, kind of wish mom was here, or whatever. So they get in the car, and I think it's like unbeknownst to her, they he drives like into the woods, and they go to the the grandparents' house or something like that, and they're they're older and they can't really get out, but they can watch through the window. And there's a frozen pond right near the house. She goes out and does a routine for her grandparents. And, and the, on the foggy window, the grandfather writes 10 on there. Like she wow. nailed the routine. That woman That's was beautiful. Kia. That was That's pretty, sweet. that was a you know tug at the heartstring kind of. That's sweet. You know, um, yeah. an, an, another good one. Or maybe it was grandpa that was missing. I don't know. what, what Ziggy uh, says it was grandpa. He, he might be right. I don't know. But it was good. Another one that was really good for me was uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Danny DeVito one. That was good. That was good. Because yeah. it reminded me of um, it reminded me of uh, what was it? Twins? Is that what it's called? Yeah, twins. twins. It yeah. reminded me of twins. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it and cool. it's even at this age, seeing those two in the in the movie theater where like little Danny is, is sitting next to Arnold is still fun. Insane, insane, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, another one that was good was um that tugged my heartstrings a little bit was the was the um the football international um pathway program with uh, OCU Menorah. Oh, um, that was good. That was a sweet. The kid one. comes over from Africa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, at the end of the commercial, he poked him. And he was like, "I just wanted to see if you were real." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that was, oh, that was sweet. That was cool." That was, you know, it wasn't bad either. I'm just thinking of sports. The messy one wasn't terrible. For uh, I think it was Mick uh, Michelob Ultra. He's on the beach and he's in like Miami. He's on the beach. Okay, okay. And and they're playing soccer. He 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 orders a, an ultra and they and the tap runs out. Okay. So then somebody like kicks a soccer ball over there and then he starts, he starts putting all his moves on to these, these, these kids who are just out, you know, like trying to play a little pickup soccer and he's blowing past them. Did and then he boots, 
Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, then he then he just boots one out to uh to like this random boat, and it's Dan Marino out there who That's catches hilarious. it and then throws it back. And it, it, it was decent. It wasn't great. It was solid. Yeah. Did you see the um that makeup one with uh Judge Judy? And um, I caught a little bit. I, I remember she was like yelling at somebody at the end or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you see the Uber Eats one with Jennifer Aniston? That was funny. Yeah, yeah. with Schwimmer, Schwimmer came uh, with Schwimmer, Jennifer Aniston, and uh, and the Beckhams, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing I will say though, Miss Aniston does not age. Uh, yeah, she's uh, yep, still, still, still uh, peak. Yep, still very strong. Ab- absolutely. But yeah, man. Um, um. Speaking of the, the speaking of the movie trailers that we talked about briefly, are, are there any ones that you're definitely like going you know going to go out and go check out? I'm trying to remember what how many I saw. Twisters, plural, uh, caught my eye. Um, oh my god, what were the? I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. Give me, give me, what were the other movie? Uh, so yeah, I said um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Um, That's right. Which is part four of that yeah. saga. Um, Wicked. Which was which is based off of you know the Broadway play Ariana Grande is the uh, yeah, yeah 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 Ariana Grande um stars as um I think the Wicked Witch of the East or something like that or yeah. North I, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how it goes yeah. um I'm trying to think what else let me let me check real quick I would say Twisters of that one would be the one that I would be most uh, interested would, would do it for me all right let's go while you look that up uh, mm-hmm. let's go halftime I thought Usher was phenomenal. Usher was, oh my God, don't leave your girl around me, true play for real. Oh, yeah. my, yo, he Usher destroyed. had me going crazy in the house. And here's where I'll really give him props, too. Like, dude, he worked like 10 songs in. Yeah, I, I don't know how he did it. Smashes. Yeah. Smashes. Like, like that. that's that's what you call a medley. And they were so beautifully interwoven. Yeah. It felt like it felt like I was at Cirque, it felt like I was at Cirque du Soleil slash the strip club slash, like, it was just. I was, I was awesome. at the roll. I was at the roller skate rink. He gave you so. He much. even gave you the roller skating rink. He gave he it to gave you. Yeah. So much, man. That was one of the best Super Bowl performances I've seen in the past ten years. Yeah, hey, like, like, like it, when people and I, I still think Prince was the was the goat. But whatever, when people are invoking Prince's name with you, that's you're in good company, man. He brought out Ludacris, Alicia Keys. She that first note was a bit of a. Hitch, oh, you but, could uh, tell. Yeah, she didn't hit it right it was, away. It was a, it was a little hitch that first note, that. but she yeah, came yeah. back. She cleaned it up, but yeah. that first note was a little bit of a hitch. Um, her was little, shredding on the guitar. Her was snapping. Yeah. Uh, who else brought out Little John? Yeah. Who brought out Little John? Uh, Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree looking like a toddler. Um, <laughs> what was that mask thing? Oh, uh, oh, oh, no, that was um, Will on, I Am. On, I know, on, uh, what's his name? What, what, yeah, what Will was, I Am, yeah, yeah. I don't. Was, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Will I am. Will I am is always. <laughs> I I, I, I've him. never been a huge Will I am guy. But listen, he's always been living fifty years in the future. I guess. If you notice, he's always been living in the future. He's the only guy I know in real time living in the future. I guess it's insane. Yeah. Um. But yeah. As far so the movie trailers, I said Deadpool. Okay. Um, a, a Quiet Place Day One. Have you seen any of the Quiet Places? I saw the the original A Quiet Place. Do you see the second one? No. It picks up right after the first one. It's is so it still good. the same cast too. Same. Uh, See, so yeah, the first one, the second one, same cast. Um, you know, at the end of the first one, um, John Krasinski dies. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and, the second uh, one, his wife Emily Blunt is uh, right. Right, yeah. Emily Blunt is his wife. You, you know, he wrote all those, right? He wrote them too. He wrote those. Like John Krasinski, he wrote the Quiet. No, books. I didn't know that. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, um, damn. 
also he was Jack Ryan, obviously. Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Good Jack series. Ryan's very good. I watched yeah. the first two seasons. I need to get more. But yeah, yeah. I, I I literally just finished season two, uh, about a, about a month ago. Um, but yeah, season three, season four are out. Um, season four was the last season, so yeah, okay. it's really 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 easy to catch up on. Um, but yeah, Quiet Place Day One, um, which pretty much follows how it all started. Um, I said Kingdom of the Planet, uh, Kingdom Kingdom of the Planet is wicked. Uh, Twisters. Um, yeah, I think those are the only, those are the four trailers. Okay. There was only four of them. There was only four of them, but um. Yeah, my girl, uh, what's her name? Uh what's her name? Cynthia Erivo as uh as Alfaba, which I think she's the wicked with the wicked witch of the oh, west. Oh, okay, right? okay, okay. Yeah, the green witch, basically. Oh, okay. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. She was the one she was in, she played Harriet and Harriet Tubman. She was in um she was in a lot of other different stuff too, but um, I'm really excited for Deadpool. Really excited. Okay. Uh elsewhere, it, it was a as you would expect, star studded. Uh Jay-Z, Beyonce, LeBron. Uh, Draymond Green was there. Draymond, Paul McCartney, Paul Rudd, who's who's grew up in Kansas City. He's a he's a legit. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a legit Casey. Yeah, it's fan. not bandwagon fraud. He's real. He's real. Uh, and he was on the field before the game too. It was uh, with his kid. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you also see? So before the game, Jeffrey Lurie went uh, went down to the field to give Andy a, a hug and all that. Did you see? <laughs> Big Dom was down on the field. It was just weird. Yeah, yeah. Big Dom was in the box. Yeah, he was. And then he t- was in the box with with, with Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift and uh, you know Kelsey was up there. So he was, yeah. you know, he was he was protecting his uh his prize. And listen, if Big Dom's there, I'm telling you, man, he might be coming back, man. Kelsey yeah. might be coming back. Big yeah. Dom doesn't protect assets that aren't you no know, longer in his in his uh jurisdiction. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Man. I hear you. All right, I got you. Um. Now here's the other. The, the, there's two, two. I think there these things are both funny, but people go ridiculous with it. Okay, so Jason Kelsey had the Chiefs overalls on. You know the, the whole thing to support mm-hmm. Travis. I don't love it, but I. Some people are like, "How dare he?" And uh, he's trying to support his brother. He he. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. I'm I, I'm I'm very uh, touch and go with it because I'm always listen. If I have a brother. Right. And whatever yeah. my brother does, I'm going to support him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The furthest I'll go was wear his jersey. I could justify that. Right. Yeah. I'm not walking around with peace overalls on. I look, but, but again, man, that's. Well, okay. But so, so here's my follow up off of that. This is what makes Kylie Kelsey a badass. Oh, she, I saw that video. Yeah. He will not wear Chiefs gear. She, she tried, she wore red. It was Cincinnati, which is where they both went to college. Right. Right. She right. will not. Ever give in and wear Chiefs gear? So did you see that clip? Her. Did you see that clip where she said, "Look, um, I love, I, I love, I love Jason, but let me tell you how much of a diehard Eagles fan I am. I don't care if Jason goes anywhere else. I would never wear the team colors or the team uniform." She said that in the in their in their documentary. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a real one, man. She's I mean, a real one. She's yeah. she's from Delco. She's from the yes. area. Yeah, she's. You know uh, what I mean, yeah, she's great. <laughs> but I love that. That's, that's, that, that's a real one. Everybody's zooming in on the. It, it, they're like, "That's not the Chiefs. That it's all Cincinnati. She's all right." <laughs> Jason, come on, man. What are you doing? But anyway, Listen, she, she knows. She gets it. She does. Um, all right. So here's the other part of this game that was fascinating, Tone. So the chief, the the 49ers were a two two uh, point favorite basically in the game. You know what the over under was? What it went off at in at most sports books. 46 and a half. 46 and a half. Do you know what the final score was? It wasn't a 26-23. 25-22. 20, 20, 47 points. 
What? That thing looked like it was a lock to go under. And getting to overtime. Changed everything. Pushed it over by a half a point. Wow. Can you imagine those people who had some big money on it? I'm telling you, man. And I look, you know, I I like you you did too. I like the Chiefs to win the game uh with the points. So I'm I'm glad my bet, you know, played out uh that way. And I I I had faith that the Chiefs were gonna win the whole time. Did but you want I to thought, put anything down on it? Did you put any um uh, uh any coins? No. I we know I did, you know what we did? I did a block pool, which is nothing. Okay. I can run twenty bucks. I no, I I don't have the kind of disposable income where I can be. Same here, same here. It's funny. My my brother was texting me like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, how does it? How does this ticket look? How does this part? How do how do these parlays look?" I'm like, "Bro, listen, don't bet on this game. Don't. I'm telling you, don't bet on this game. This is the kind of game where the stat sheet just gets wonky. You know what yes. I mean? Do yes. I bet on this game? <laughs> so the happy people, Harrison Butker had four field goals. You're loving that, right? If you had him. You know, for a certain amount of field goals, there were more field goals, field goals, and touchdowns in the game, and I didn't think that was going to happen. I know, yeah. And well, you know, another big thing, and we haven't really talked about it t- today. How about the the blocked extra point? That changed the the, the way you strategized everything a ton after that, man. I'll tell you, I was really surprised when Shanahan went back to him for that like forty something yarder, I think it was, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, I, to his credit, he drilled it. I thought it was going to be in his head that he had that extra. Same point here. Block. Same yeah. here. Um, got to give credit again. Like that's why I know Shanahan gets a lot of you know bad press about how he blows big games, and fair enough. But um, I just I, I just don't think he made any drastic decisions in that game that cost him the game. Yeah, I mean the only thing you really I think really really argue is is your strategy in the overtime. But other than that, I mean I I don't know what he did did or didn't do. Yeah, I, I was fine with it. I, I just think I think we just want to point a finger, man. We have to. I think it's easier human nature to say eh, him bleh, rather than they got our plate. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are great. Like they're great. That defense is great. Steve Spagnuolo is a great defensive coordinator. Right. And look, you guys had a lead, and in the fourth quarter, your defense couldn't hold up. Right. You know, it's 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 just it's certain. And look, Steve Wilkes is in control of that defensive full. There was even a point where, um. I think Steve Wilkes had a uh, a coverage out there, and Kyle Shanahan had called a timeout. And he was like, "Nah, he he didn't like what he saw." Right. So he he made him call something else, and I think it ended up working. I think I can't remember exactly. I think it worked in their favor. I'm not entirely sure, but like overall, I just don't think he made any crazy decisions that cost him that game yesterday. I don't even, even in I, overtime, man. The, I, look, maybe you could put it on him for his players not being fully aware of the rule, but even then, the y'all drove down the field and had to settle for a field goal. That's on y'all. Yeah, that's on the players. Yeah. And again, I, I, you know, the the Spagnola thing, fifteen points per game to the first, third, fourth, and fifth best offenses in the regular season. Mm-hmm. That's what he went through. That's what they went through, and and held those teams. Think about how hot Buffalo was. You know what Miami had been doing uh, during the regular season. Baltimore had, you know, had, their offense was way better this year than it had been the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Lamar's the MVP. You knock all those teams off, and then you get to the, you know, this Niners team that's loaded with talent, and you know you're able to do that to all those teams. It's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, that group's good, man. You know, you said it earlier, like Spagnolo, should he think about you know a head coaching job? Look, if there's if there's any run to getting if there's any run to help solidify he needs a head coaching job, this is the run. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Beating all those teams. If he doesn't, if he doesn't want a job now, he does, he'll never want another head coaching job. That's how I look no. at it. Right. And it, I don't I don't know where he is in his life. I, he might just be, I don't want the headache. I like what I do. 
I know Andy. I know how good these guys are on this side of the ball. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he man. And if he is, that's great. Good for him. Absolutely. Um, all right. So a couple other uh, odds and ends uh, here, you know, regarding the Super Bowl. So I mentioned uh, the the odds of this thing going into overtime. You could get odds on it and bet it. You could have bet it. Were eleven to one um, that it would go to overtime. Pretty good. It's a pretty good return if you uh, if you bet that. Mm. Um, your uh, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. He was plus one thirty five to win the MVP. So that's not a real big surprise. Right. Who do you? Let me ask you. If it wasn't, if the Niners had won, Jawan Jennings for them. That's what I was thinking. caught one. That's what I thought about. Yeah. I thought about Joe. I, I thought about Jawan Jennings getting that uh, MVP. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he makes, even on the one that he catches and runs in, he does a good job breaking that tackle and still mm-hmm. getting in. Yeah. That, he definitely, he definitely probably would have probably would have been the pick if, um, if, if, if they won that game. Yeah. At bar again, if, if, I, I see that, that uh, Crowley says uh, CMC. CMC maybe if he's big oh, on that yeah. last drive. If CMC, like let's say he pounds it in and he has a big last drive and scores, yes. Yeah, yeah. If he would have scored on the last job, yeah, I, I give you that. Absolutely. But he did it, and also they held him to other. They held him to under four yards of carry. You got to keep that yes. in mind. Yes, they held him to under four yards of carry. And I mean, look, he was he was the offense. Don't get me wrong, but. Juwan Jennings, you throw one and you catch one. Yeah, and your receiver. That that throw, that play was nuts. That play I was. Mean, crazy. It felt like that pass was up in the air forever. Ever. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that old lineman chipping that one guy, that would have been an interception. It's a hundred percent. He was just, you know, I'm sure they tell him like, look, if it's not there, eat it or take off. He was hell bent on throwing. He threw that. a prayer. <laughs> he did, <laughs> but that also told you. You know, to can't you know, Shanahan's credit, it, it, the play worked, but they had to do some things a little out of the box. They felt like absolutely know, to, to get that, but yeah, um, it was uh, all in all entertaining game. And then circle back to the other big story, it, you know, Reddick and and how quickly we know if this thing's going to go down. We don't know right now, and we don't know when it's going to happen. And it, because the thing is, a lot of trades are made on draft night, and we're a mm-hmm. long way off from that, mm-hmm. but. There's no doubt about it. Um, this thing's about to get really interesting because you could be you could be looking at Reddick, Fletcher Cox. I still I think they're just going to have Brandon Graham back it from a sentimental thing or whatever. But maybe Brandon Graham. Um, oh, Byers I mean, gone. Where, where are you at on BG coming back? I love BG. Yeah, I'm a BG guy. I love everything he provided. Um, Super Bowl champion. One of the most memorable moments ever. He's forever cemented in Philadelphia lore, sports lore. But I think it's time to move on. Um, they need that roster spot. They need to get younger there. They need some more athleticism. Um, he was almost he was almost a non-factor last year. Yeah, almost a non-factor. Yep. You know, it's I just have a hard time seeing seeing where it gets better from here. You know, uh, that's yeah. where I'm at with it. So I I think that I think they need that roster spot. Um, but again, maybe it depends on what they do with Hassan Reddick. Maybe they'll need an extra body there. Who knows? But if I had to choose, I think I may have to move on from him. That's the tough thing because everybody loves the guy. I mean, there's no doubt. But can you really afford to give up a roster spot on a team that needs a lot of help on that side of the ball? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't. You know, I know I can't. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one. I wonder if they could convince him to take some kind of like Connor Barwin role. 
where it's like, dude, we still want you to be a part of this thing. We, you, we want you as a member of this, this organization for as long as you want to be. It, it's not going to happen on the field. Yeah. I don't know. He, he seems really determined to play 15 years. And I get it. I get yeah. it. 15, 15 years in any, in any profession is, um, it's a win. You know, it's like a hallmark. It's a milestone. Yeah. But 14 years is still great too. Yep. It's a long time. A lot of guys don't even make it three years. You made yeah. it 14. Yeah, no question. All right. So, uh, I, I would say if you're looking at stay goes on defense, particularly goes Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Brennan Graham, if he Bayard out, Nicholas Morrow out, Bradbury out, Vate hmm. Maddox up in the air. I mean, that's seven borderline starters or starters. A lot of new faces. Yeah, you have um, some money, but you don't have crazy money. Look, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if uh, Hassan Reddick ends up staying here. They go through a restructure and they throw him some money up front. I think that's I think that's the most likely outcome for Hassan Reddick. Okay. They keep him, they restructure, and they give him more upfront money. Kind of similar to what they did to Darius Slay. I think you broached that earlier. Yeah. So I think I think we're looking at a similar situation like that. That would that would make sense for both sides. Um, but but what you have to do is you have to go through the process first. In other words, he's got to go out and look and realize. I guess I'm, I guess it's not what I thought it was going to be. And then you come back and say, all right, well, at least I'm getting more than I would have, and I got another year out of this. And that's how it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Um, we'll see how this thing turns out, though, overall. Hassan Reddick is a great player. Let's not, let's not, let's not get it twisted. He's a, he's a great player, um, homegrown guy. Well, well, let me not say homegrown, but he's from, he's from the area, Camden, with the Temple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Four seasons back-to-back, double-digit sacks. Can't find that. It's hard. Um, he's been healthy, played every single game his entire time. Played through the broken thumb. Yeah, yeah. you know, let, let me put it in perspective here, right? I don't think he's missed – let me make sure I got this correct here. So, yeah, his entire time as a Philadelphia Eagle, he hasn't missed a game. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't I'm, missed a game. No, it's good. I mean, and it's not an easy thing to do in the trenches, you know. I know right. he's on the edge, but still, I mean, when you're playing defensive line, that's not an easy thing to do. Right. Since 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 being in the league, since being in the league, he's played 16 games or more, and that's that's every year. Wow, well, every impressive. year, every yeah. year, every yeah. year. So he's always he's always available. Um, he gets you he he gets you double digit sacks. Um, he's he always flirts between. You know that uh, he always flirts in at 820 to 850 snaps per season. You're guaranteed. You're guaranteed to get north of 800 snaps from him. Guaranteed. Um, this year he played his highest volume of snaps at 87.5 percent. So maybe that was another thing too. Maybe maybe kind of uh, maybe kind of hit a hit a wall like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. That'll do it. So tomorrow, um, we oh by the way, the parade for the Chiefs looks like it's going to be Wednesday, uh, for whatever that's worth. But uh, that'll do it for us tomorrow. We got a lot to look back on. We got the uh, Sixers tonight. We have the Flyers tonight. We have Phillies pitchers and catchers reporting tomorrow. Of course, anything further that we hear 
you know, regarding the the Eagles and Reddick and anything else, uh, you know, we will pass it along and maybe we'll dig a little bit deeper into edge rushers in the draft tomorrow uh, and what what good edge rushers are coming out that the Eagles could be in, uh, you know, in play for considering where they're going to be picking. Uh, but want to thank uh, everybody in the chat. Want to thank everybody streaming, everybody uh, listening to us. Don't go anywhere. Tone's got you with Dan Cilio for the National Football Show. So everybody enjoy the rest of your Monday. And uh, yeah, it was weird. It was weird watching the Chiefs and the 49ers. It wasn't exactly easy if you're an Eagles fan for who, you know, who do you root for uh, in the game? I th- We didn't talk about this. I found myself rooting for the Chiefs. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I found myself rooting for the Chiefs as well. Uh, yeah. I looked at it like this, man. Anything to add more misery to the 49ers' lives, that's, that, that, that's pretty much what I was what I was rooting for. So Well said. Um, yeah, that's that, you know that's that's, that's, that's how I roll, man. And uh, and in the words of my man Fletcher Cox, um, I have something that you don't. Yes. All right. So that'll do it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Appreciate you hanging with us. Thanks. Take care, guys. See. You.